It will. Oh, bullshit. See, this is why Daddy smokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ones and squizzes. <laughs> this isn't bad. The, the slain Irish whiskey? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's very nice. I got it because it was triple cast. I read a quick review and I was like, okay, it's fine. It's basically yeah. Bushmills. But nah. yeah, it's, it's, it's easy going. It, it's something a squiz would like. Yeah. And you know what? It was like a couple bucks less than Jameson. That's something oh. a squiz would say. Yeah, definitely. It's, yeah. That's how. Uh, yeah. A squiz weighs things in ways of, uh, of yeah. Jameson. It's How no fireball, I'll tell it? you that. How many games of risk is it compared to <laughs> <laughs> uh, units of measurement? Geek shock. Units of measurement. We got to get that table up. Yes. I you measure know. things in ga- board games of risk. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, but that seems like a time measurement. You used it as a measurement of, like, distance. Uh, You're right. Yeah, no, I mean uh, the board itself. Area. Yeah, absolutely. Area. Oh, the board itself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I didn't understand what that meant. You said a game of risk, not like the board. Like the, the well, board. Eight games of risk. That's how big the bet is. It's eight games of risk. What's the biggest board game board? Mm. Oh, there it is. I th- it is a game called Battle Masters. Uh, I, I am impressed that you have this <laughs> I have that off r- the top of your head. Does. I do. I'm uh, impressed. Uh, Battle Masters was a tabletop miniatures game made for younger kids. I think Milton Bradley put it out. Uh, but uh, it's uh, had a bunch of miniatures. I think that uh, Games Workshop had a hand in it. Wow. Uh, but the game itself had this massive mat that you had to roll out not on a table because it wouldn't fit on a table. So it was a floor game. When I think of a big game, floor I game. usually end up thinking of like campaign for North Africa or some shit like that. But I don't know exactly how big that is or if you use that giant map in order to play. If you're using the map to play, then that counts, I'd say. Sure. Yeah. Battlemasters. I'll have to check that out. It's yeah, a, really. it's a, You know what? Hard to find, but if it was a great introduction, that's what introduced me to, uh, yeah. to Minish Gaming. Was that that son of a bitch? It's funny thinking about like floor games because that's like how they used to do it. Like the H.G. Wells Little Wars, which I guess is like the first yeah. war game. Like that, I think this that the was the first official published. Yeah, yeah. And and it was it was a floor game. I'm just so used to them being on tables. It's like these people would go into their parlor or whatever the fuck and move all the furniture against the wall and then just. Lay this Set whole thing up. out. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you were a kid and you got out the Milton Bradley games, you laid them out on the floor. Yeah. Well, that's well, when you're kids. I'm you're talking kids. about uptight Victorian, you know, assholes. Well, that was a different time. Yeah. Tables cost more. It was hard to get a table back then. <laughs> <laughs> you had to order one 10 yes. months in advance. Yes, in your parlor. You just didn't have the money. You, you either carved your own. Or, or you had to hire somebody to carve it, and that was too expensive, and you, it was all barter system, and you didn't have that many shoes to trade. Mm, and you had those sexy table legs that you had to cover with cloth because they were just so salacious. Well, they wouldn't give you regular table legs. They were all carved with little extra yeah. fl- flourishes and grapes and whatnot. Calves and ankles. And yes. Mm, ankles. Mm, meow. Ankles. Yeah. Yeah. Table. Show a little Scandalous. Table ankles. Table ankles. But no, I think of, 
I, I my mind goes to Twilight Imperium, but I'm thinking sure. of it the wrong way. I'm thinking that it's a big game in terms of time. It's you could fit Twilight Imperium in a smaller table. The problem is all the other accoutrement that goes with it. Everybody has their own setup with all their pieces on the side. Plus, there's the main board. Does that count? I'm gonna say no. I want one big ass board like Talisman's pretty big. If you set up all the additional shit like the dungeon and the the oh especially the, the eerie or whatever the other one is with the eagle and shit, and you could I guess if they have four expansions like that, set it up maybe a giant board. That's a that's a contender. That's pretty massive. Let's bring everyone in. Hello everyone, it's Geek Shock time. I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Blarg. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. This is episode 681. Uh, so we're talking big board games, obviously. Big board games. Uh, I love big board games. Don't know why. Gonna roll the dice. Something that rhymes with I. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only other board game I can remember from my youth that had a similar size to Battle Masters, even then I don't think it was that large, was the G.I. Joe board game. G.I. Joe. Yeah, there was a G.I. Joe board game that had this massive battle mat. You had to put it on the floor. Ooh. All the G.I. Joes were in cardboard stand-ups. And it was, a, it was a skirmish game, for lack of a better word. Huh. Wow. That rings a bell. I just... I... But as far as like a board that is like you have to unfold it and then fold it back into the box yeah. or put it together in a tile or so on. Like um, uh, Ticket to Ride kind of has a big board, you know, where it's like it folds into six pieces or something. It's, it's kind of big. Again, I still think Talisman is a contender for possibly one of the biggest ones with the expansions. And, you, and you, then you have to do you include the tile games like Descent? Mm. Tile games. That's a whole other can of fish. Again, Twilight Imperium is a tile game, but you don't continually add to it. Gloomhaven's a tile game, but it's it's not that big. Well, if you lay it out, if you, if you put all the the stuff in the box on the on the sides, and it can be that big. Yeah, <laughs> it can. So I'm gonna go ahead and say no. It doesn't count with all the other shit on the side. It's just the the base game itself. Like the board, yeah, you know, and I'm thinking old school Milton Bradley Parker Brothers shit. Well, the the other thing that when I hear board, I don't even think of mats. I think of the cardboard folding up, you know, into quarters and stuff. Yes, because like when you said Battle Masters and you said it's got a big mat and everything, I'm like, oh well, that's that's something else. Because I want to know what's the biggest cardboard. Board. I right. want to know what that, that had to fold out and fold back into yeah. that box. And how many times did you fold it and shit? And I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I, my mind immediately went to the largest pinball game ever. You ever play that? Hercules. Oh, Hercules. Hercules. Wow. Well, the, the ball was a cue ball. Basically a cue ball. Wasn't what it? the hell? Yeah, Atari put it out. In fact, I, I think of all the Atari pinball machines, that was probably the one I saw the most growing up. The most? Wow. It was the one I saw the least. I only ever saw it in one arcade, and really? it was the arcade that accompanied the carousel in the Jersey Shore, ah. which I don't even know if it's still there. Probably not even there anymore. Um, and I remember, like, oh, my God, this is a great game, but I never really played it because it was, uh, like, a dollar to play it. Yes. And I only had five or ten dollars and i had to make my money last because my dad wasn't going to give me any more <laughs> it's like well you want to play it you can go right ahead and yeah. i and I, I couldn't even reach it it was too small because it was, it was a tall game but i still I, I wish it was a crappy game though that was an awful pinball machine no, that's disappointing well how did that cue ball size ball i don't think go? It, i don't think it was a cue ball weight yeah that's what i'm asking i honestly i believe in my research 
it was a cue ball. Well, you've done research, so I believe you. So there, there was massive flippers yeah, and uh, the big bumpers and so on, but it was also a very boring table because there's only so... It was a larger table, very wide, as very you'd expect, wide. to create okay. that big of a play field. Mm-hmm. But because of its size and everything was overgrown... There wasn't things like ramps or anything like that, which was then really coming into play at the time. Yeah. Whereas this was still a very flat 70s style pinball That would machine. be hilarious to see that cue ball just shooting up a ramp and <laughs> crashing off of, the... Off of the plexiglass uh, top to keep it contained and shit like that. And most of the Hercules machines I played, those bottom flippers weren't all that strong to begin no, with. No. Yeah, that would be a problem. So, why Why a heavy key? You get a wooden, like... Like the the ski ball, like a mechanical flipper. Well, well, no, the ski ball. You know, like the you you roll them and they flip up into the scoring thing at arcades. That's heavier than a cue ball. I Let's think. say about equal equal weight. Is but it? It's, but it's bigger than a cue ball. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna track one down. I'm kind of. Su- I'm surprised Pinball Hall of Fame doesn't have it. It's a rare game, dude. It is, especially th- these days now. But uh, and have you been to the Pinball Hall of Fame lately? There's a lot of broken games in there, dude. There, wow. there, there's a lot. Just, I got it. Ease up on the guy. What's the matter? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A lot of playable love stuff. The, love the place. And and the new stuff is very playable. It's the old ones that are it, uh, having a rough time. The gauntlet game it works. That's all I care about. The what game? Gauntlet. That's not a pinball game. All right. I know. I, I'll just go throw the question out here. A favorite pinball machine of all time pre-2000. Ooh. Pre-2000. Yeah, so it can't be any of the, any of the newer style machines. Pinbot. Pinbot. I played the shit out of Pinbot. Not Bride of Pinbot, mind you. Old school Pinbot. I played the hell out of that. That is a fantastic machine. Yeah. Pinbot Pinbot is great. I I think I have to go with... Oh, it's so hard. There's so many good ones. Um, But I think I'm going to just narrow it down and say Funhouse. I I love smacking Rudy in the face. I I love... I love that one. Funhouse. Don't look at me. I don't play pinball. Ah, you son of a bitch. I get on those. I get on the real games while you kids are batting that ball around. Yeah, yeah. You, you go play your burger time and That's we'll play right. some real pinball. Gauntlet. <laughs> we're just we're we're doing good. We're not, slaying evil. Not even original. A gauntlet. The the Gauntlet yeah. Legends. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not even a real gauntlet. That's crap gauntlet. That's crap. <laughs> That's gauntlet for kids. <laughs> no, I'll tell you the worst pinball game I ever played was mm. the one I owned. Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, <laughs> okay. there was this game my dad got, and you put it in the basement, and it was uh, like Galaxy or something. It was like a simple pinball game from like the 70s. There was nothing really going on. The thing about it was there was a, a, a wire loose or something, and whenever this thing got going, it would shock the hell out of me. <laughs> I think your dad did that on purpose. <laughs> so I'd play it, and yeah, somehow I still play the game. <laughs> Jeez, I'm totally shocked. <laughs> did you pun? See what you did. Did you pun? You did. I saw yeah. That. So like, I'd play it, and and, and I get like, uh, I I hit like uh, a special thing for some points, and <laughs> I'm like fuck out, and he would even make the noise. I, I have, <laughs> I, I have never been shocked by a pinball machine in my life. So I I play as much as I could before I'm like I can't do this anymore. I'm being electrocuted. That is that reminds me of the story of my friend. She was a bedwetter. <laughs> So her parents got the pads that give you the little electric shock. Oh, oh no. goodness. Where does it shock you? Apparently, she started liking the shock. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. Yes. So I could just see 
Just see Vlarg sitting there playing the pinball game. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Shock me, shock me. <clears throat> yeah! Wow. <laughs> I want to meet this girl. I want to see what, what what she grew up to be. You guys. Oh, she. Uh, well, of course, actress. Uh, yeah, yeah. Broken. No, yeah. She was my best friend in college. You guys, you guys would actually actually love her. She's she not, still she get off on getting shocked. I don't know about that, but she in the musicals. Uh, she actually didn't sing. Nah. She did serious theater. Oh, oh totally okay. broken. I okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ah, uh, friggin' Ibsen lover. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Was she method? Uh, Bet she was method. No, she was pretty, pretty classically trained. But okay. you know, she. You know, I mean, came out of Northwestern. She was a rarity because we graduated Northwestern theater, and she did the regional theater auditions. Went straight into Harvard ART. Oh, shit. Straight into, which usually they like you to be seasoned with some life experience. So she she did Harvard ART. Came ART? Out What's the acronym? Uh, American Repertory Theater, I okay. think. Something like that. Came out with her equity card and just... Nice. Uh, she has lived in New York and done regional theater ever since. And puts uh, joy buzzers in her pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got out of that. That's why I'm not saying her name. It's Gwyneth Paltrow, isn't it? We figured it out. It's, it, Gwyneth, it all makes Gwyneth sense Paltrow, now. Dude. Oh, my God. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, that's really all, all you have to say, isn't it? Yeah. You know that, oh, man. Poor Gwyneth. You, poor. poor? Yeah. It's like she does all that health shit and everything. Wow. And well, quote, unquote, uh, quote, well, health shit. Well, yeah. And you've seen... As the, much as I do health shit. Yeah, well, and you've seen... I, I just... She's... Uh, I, can t- I, too, could put a smooth stone up my anus and call it a health. Yeah. I think you should. I, I think have. you should. I think I you do. should be celery. <laughs> I am. It's just not jade. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the little hairs feeling yeah, celery. Yeah, it's not it Plutonium. There, uh, 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 there was this one. Somebody showed a. Uh, oh God, what the hell was it? I forget. It was a radioactive substance. Is some kind of rod, and okay. and uh, it the the label on it literally is highly radioactive. Drop and run. Oh no, no, that was the things that got lost in the outback or some shit like that. Uh, the the reason they put that on there is if you pick this thing up, you should not be picking it up. You yeah. should drop it and run because people don't normally have Geiger counters on them. Right. That's why they put that on. Right. There. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That thing that got lost and everyone's like freaking out. And mm-hmm. They found it. That's it. Mm. Yeah. No. That that shit's drop on there for a reason. And run. Well. No. Like if I our podcast, I didn't think they put it on a radioactive substance as a joke. If our podcast came on like vinyl, we should put just drop this and run <laughs> if you find it. Mm. And if our podcast is put on vinyl, what's wrong with you? Why did yeah, you do that? And that's yeah, crazy. Who does that? We, we don't accept that. No. Stop yeah. it. Eight track or I was, nothing. Yes. I, I attended a little get together with my election friends, people that I worked with. And one of them I mentioned before, Leslie, she is a total TOS file. She's insane. And she showed me. For her, those who aren't aware what the hell TOS is. The original series of Star Trek. There we go. All right. Not everyone is our, you know. Yeah. Our, and she is insane. She's. she's oh, but we gotta meet her. She's got a joy buzzer. Oh there. no, dude, Barry. I was thinking of you when she was showing me her Star Trek room. Oh, because she's got tons of just tons of. Oh, so she's Barry crazy. Yeah, no, she's Barry. You. That's level a crazy. special kind of she's, crazy, dude. She's got. She actually had made. Remember the episode where uh, the. Uh, 
Kelvins reduce people down to a fucking geometric uh, foam thing? I really don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's got those fucking... Not a big foam. TOS fan. But anyway, fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> where was I going with this? Oh, she was showing me... She is such a fanatical collector. She's got like 45s of uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols singing uh, Beyond and Terry's. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. She's, and you she, told her to listen to the podcast, right? Uh, well, I've told her about the podcast, but you know, I don't know. Well, hey there. Thanks and, for listening. <clears throat> I wish to know more about these 45s because they sound awesome. And tell your friends, let Pyramid, we don't obelisk here, we Pyramid. Ah, yes. I bet, you I bet get four friends, and right. they get four friends. I tell you what, if you let me borrow that, I'll let you borrow my Tim Curry's album, I Do the Rock. It'll, <laughs> it'll be a good, straightforward <laughs> trade. I'll tell you what I want to find I used to have on an album, uh, the... WrestleMania or the, the oh, World Cheese WWF album. Classy Freddie Blassie singing Pencil Neck Geek. Oh, you just yeah. oh, you, you bring that song up a lot. Will you sing a few bars for us? I could not. God damn it. I don't know it. I want to find my Spider Man rock album. Oh. You know? <clears throat> that was out in the seventies and it was it was an album. It was a twofold and it had a comic on the inside that you could read with the album, and they had songs and everything. It was a Spider-Man musical, Todd. You'd have loved it. Oh, it had I, the, it's got to be better than Turn Off the Dark. It had the celebrated Turn going, Off the Good. Going Cross Town. Uh, going, crown, going Cross Town. Going to crawl tonight. Going to kick a tail or two. Wow. What yeah. if it's on Spotify? I think you could find it on YouTube. I remember getting like the video game musical soundtrack thing as a kid. Of course, Pac-Man Fever was on it. Oh, Buckner and Garcia. I guess. Yeah. And it was just, and there was like a Frogger. I used to sing songs from that album to kids on the bus, oh, whether God. they liked it or not. There was a Frogger back song when you were on a bus there. Driver? Do you remember no. the Frogger song? It was Tuesday. <laughs> or, am I just, or am I just imagining that there was a Frogger song? I believe. There must be. I th- uh, yeah, yeah, there was a Frogger song. Oh. Hop, hop, squish. There was a Berserk song. A berserk there was song. Defender. I listened to that a couple times, Do and I realized Kong. I like video games, Dude, and I like Donkey songs. Kong, yeah, this doesn't go yeah. well together, and I just stopped listening to it. Oh, Pac-Man Fever is truly a gem. It's got a good tune to it. It really works for it. Uh, the other ones are kind of pushing it. Isn't it just a filk of Cat Scratch Fever? A filk? No, it's what no, it's it called. It, it, I know, I know. It, it isn't, but, uh, but I can see where you can get that. <laughs> Although I will say the uh, track Berserk is actually a, a pretty good little pop song. All right. I have no desire to listen to You're these. You're gonna. I re- uh, <sighs> if we listen to this episode. I okay. remember listening to this as a child and saying, this is too much. I This is too corny. I can't. I can't. Wow. I, I loved can, it as a kid. I can see kid well, look at Barry you. Look at your life. shit. This is too- Look at your life. This shit is now, so corny. I, I have listen to listened to it again in the last 10 years. I'm like, okay, this was bad. This well, was not there good. There we album. go, yeah. So my, my, my taste apparently uh, evolved that Your far. childhood has died. Oh, and no. then I discovered Iron Maiden, and then I got I got all right with the world. There you go. <laughs> Buckner and Garcia. No, just listen to Iron Maiden. <laughs> uh, let's go to what, what geeky things we did this week. Uh, Barry... What'd you do? I went to uh, meet uh, Microscope. Ah, fantastic! At the uh, the Red Dwarf, the uh, shitty dive bar that I love that has tiki. I really wish I could have gone. Some uh, some medical issues kept me from from joining you. So 
I didn't know that you're a dumbass was a medical issue, but we'll accept it. <laughs> no. Um, I, no, I thought that it was it's the clinical. It's acute clinical. flatulence. I didn't know. Well, my flatulence is pretty cute. He's not, yeah. oh, God, he took it before I could. He took it before I could. Um, Little pink cloud with sparkles. No, oh. Scoop was in town, <laughs> and uh, so was uh, Paul Mattingly. Oh, what? yes. His name is Paul. We saw Paul. Said, hey, talk some shit. He talk, didn't drink anything. Talk to you, man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who else was there? Uh, friends of um, uh, that other podcast that Paul's on. Why, why am I blinking? Ice Cream Social. Yes. Uh, Brogan. Uh, and Oi, uh, Brogan. Wayne and his wife. Uh, we, we There was a bunch of cool people there. So uh, we, just, we were there for about an hour and a half or so. We didn't get to meet up with them yesterday just because shit fell through. But uh, had a good time. So uh, hope to uh, see them again. Chris is always cool. Uh, and I just realized something. I... Uh, laid down the patch like a uh, like, like a challenge coin. And you know, nobody retaliated. You know the patch, the uh, the, the yeah. Geek Shock uh, Shock Monkey Army patch. Oh, you, okay. You, if you have that, you that's a challenge coin. Basically, you lay that down. Anyone who doesn't have it owes you a drink. Yeah. And he owes me a drink. And oh, he didn't pay for my mai tai. That some bitch. Some <laughs> bitch. That's how. You see. You know what? I I love and respect their success in their work, but those ICS guys. They're not paying for your drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know what that, that son of a bitch did do? He was going to send me, at least he says he sent me, uh, some candy cigarettes to feed my habit. You're talking microscope. <laughs> yes. Ah. Ah, but well. he did not send them to me. Oh, oh, is that where this came from? What? Yes. Uh, why do we have 144 fake eyelashes? <laughs> I, I, this is amazing. I, literally, it's a big plastic thing of eyelashes. You can see where cigarettes should be, but no, they're eyelashes. It's the dumbest thing. I don't understand how they could mix, mix that up in Amazon. So, My God. So, yeah, apparently and, that was an Amazon mix-up. That's thing. an Amazon mix-up. I love, I love that. It's the dumbest thing. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I think we found a use... Uh, for the future winners of the uh, mini for a Kofi members, <laughs> uh, I, I think you're going to find that those eyelashes make fine uh, uh, foliage for the bases of, of the miniatures. Fine so, foliage. Nice alliteration. You've got to you gotta color them kind of green. I don't have yeah. to. They're kind of per- perfect the way they are. They're black. Just as God made them. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a, there's a it says crisscross black blend, black band. Chris Cross. <laughs> Black man. That actually sounds like a whiskey Todd uh, uh, Larg would have on his shelf. I wish I had gotten this earlier so that I could have put eyelashes on the dewback. But oh, oh. you would have made a pretty, pretty dewback. Yeah. Put some lipstick on it. A lashback. Yeah. yeah, put <laughs> lipstick on that pig. So we will accept this, this gift. This gift of eyelashes. This gift of eyelashes. <laughs> Thanks. Microscope, but Thank no you. thanks, you jerky. Although uh, I do not support your uh, support of Barry's candy cigarette habit, it's gotten out of hand. I can quit anytime I want. He says that. Yeah, he's he's. You got to start getting some candy patches, folks. I don't have a habit. habit. <laughs> That's what we need: glucose patches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His arm and beef gelatin patches. <laughs> if you're, we're just gonna <laughs> stick. You can stick hamburger and sugar on a, <laughs> underneath a Band-Aid. That'll break the habit. Yeah. If you're a member of our Kofi, you're also, you have access to our Discord, where I posted a picture of Microscope and I 
smoking candy cigarettes. It's 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 spreading, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> no. oh, God. He's got one in his mouth now. I love yeah. it when a plan comes together. Mm. Oh, it's not even close to Hannibal. I wonder. I this wonder, is Hannibal talks. You know, you know those no, smokers no, no. who get the 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 nicotine tooth. They get that one tobacco tooth oh, yeah, because yeah. the cigarettes tooth. always in the same yeah. place. I wonder what's going to happen with the candy tooth. Oh, the tooth is going to rot away. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's oh. going to have that perfect hole for it to fit in, even though his mouth is shut. <laughs> I already kind of right do because I have a jacked up grill, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Yo, man, jacked up grill. All right, that that's another sticker. Let's take a picture of Barry Smile. Oh, Barry's we, jacked we, up grill because he, he didn't wear his fucking <laughs> retainer as a child. Yeah, is that really what we want to subject the Kofi members to? Really? Yeah, d- dude. They will answer, and they will answer yes. You know they will. <laughs> you know they will. Who wants a close-up picture of me smiling in the dark? Oh, there yeah. you go. Put it yeah. on your children's bedroom. I see it every time I close my eyes. Pat Spurl is making the bot accounts now. <laughs> oh, boy. What else you do, Barry? Um, not a whole lot, honestly. I've been a busy. I've been a busy bee, like actually working and like doing boring grown-up shit. I haven't really had time. I'll tell you what I did do. Okay. Um, I listened to, uh, as I always do, uh, Josh from Let's Game It Out, who is one of the most funny YouTubers ever. Uh, he just, if you, I've mentioned him before, I'm going to mention him again. Uh, he plays games absolutely wrong and destroys the world, and it's great. <laughs> but but that's not what I'm talking about today. What I'm talking about was an ad that he had on there for Opera GS, GX or whatever, which is another, another browser. Okay. Because... One can't have enough browsers, I guess. You know, it's either these days it's Chrome or Edge or right. I guess Opera GX. But yeah, Opera I, GX. I use Netscape. No. Wow, really? It's still the best browser out there. Yikes. Um, Opera GX is actually a really cool looking browser. It's not a memory hog. And it has a bunch of little fun, dopey games that are free on there. So I've been playing dopey little games for free. Have you now? Yes, I have. And they're the dopier, the better. A little idle game. What's little... the dopiest one you've played? Oh, God. I think it's uh, um, like Idle Breakout. Oh, okay. It's, wait, wait. Idle Breakout idle. means that you don't play it? It yeah, just no, plays no, itself? No, it plays itself. <laughs> you make a couple choices, you upgrade, and it just plays itself while you go to work. Okay. It's the like I said, they're dopey games, but I occasionally there's a little jewel in there. I love games that play themselves. I don't Dude, have to do it, th- worry about it. Th- and he just said the total blurb. It's like the game plays while you're at work. So you just you don't really have set to it up. It starts playing. You go away for eight hours. Come back. You leveled up. Yep. Achievement unlocked. Make a few choices and send it off in this breakout way. <laughs> yeah. I love stupid games that I can play for <laughs> like 10 me. minutes while I'm waiting for a download. <laughs> Other than that, games I-, I can play while I'm waiting for a download. <laughs> because that is where modern technology has brought us. I'm at the point where I'm when I'm in a loading screen for for Skyrim, I pick up my <laughs> phone up and I open game. up the browser and I play another game while I'm waiting for to play this game. Because <laughs> I have no goddamn attention span. Okay, now that means the system's broken. It won't be fixed until you're downloading a game, and on that very system, you can open up a new game and play while you're waiting for it to load. No, I do that on my computer. Oh, okay. Which is now kind of busted, so. Uh, well, now we know why. No, 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 it's okay. I got board game arena on my phone. I could always just do that <laughs> while I'm doing this, because I don't oh, have God. any patience. See, I blame Are Namco. They paying? We, we, we could all have this if it wasn't for goddamn Namco. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, really. Namco, uh, in the early PlayStation days, PlayStation 1, the, uh, the game, I think, was Ridge Racer. It was one of the early racing games. Mm-hmm. 
And they had, during the loading screen, you would, could play Galaga. Oh, fun. So you, you'd enjoy a little Galaga while you're waiting for it to load. The game would start, but they patented that and wouldn't let anyone else use it. And that's why <gasps> we haven't seen any games that have it since because that's they own it. Motherfuckers, I love that. I love mini games, first off, and I love mini games while you're waiting for another game to load. I can't do that. Not unless Namco says you can. You got to license that shit Screw from them. Screw you, Namco. I worked around it by downloading the thing onto my phone to play while my other game. <laughs> is, like, you'll see me playing Skyrim. A big loading thing will go, and then I'll just pick up my phone. Play, 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 play. Oh, we're done? Okay, good. And then I'll put that down. Idle Game I'll... Hacks by Vlarg. <laughs> Constantly gaming. <laughs> in other news, in Skyrim, I'm so powerful, I don't even fucking know what to do with myself. It's stupid. Yeah, like, but, I got yeah, bored but what about like... Skyrim? What? But... <laughs> Wow, I stopped him cold with really that. Good. I don't I understand mean. what even you. Do. I'm just gonna ignore you. Um, <coughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, on, I'm, I'm gonna go on with my life and just ignore you. No, I'm so powerful in Skyrim right now. It, I just beat the main quest just because I was bored of having it in my quest list. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll just do this. Blah, blah. I'm not even collecting things. I'm just smashing motherfuckers. And I just, oh, look at that! I beat the game. Okay, great. I'll just move on and finish my quest list. So the the game for me is just. It's the it's like the game of emptying out your inbox. Mm. That's what I'm playing. <laughs> of course. Wow. That really kind of is the description of that game. Yeah. It's keep your inbox clean. The game. Yeah. That's what Skyrim is. I think that's actually. I think that's a good Geek Shock game. We need to make that. Like where you just your inbox. You're gonna constantly yeah. just keep it empty. Yeah. You that's just, a terrible. You, game. You're sitting. It sounds like the kind of game that they it, have on Opera we'll, GX. We'll make it VR. So like you put on the V and you look around and it's like you're in a cubicle. Oh yeah, and then you get the bing, and there's another email. And oh, and then someone gotta, pops like prairie dogs and comes yeah. up and is like, "Hey, go to lunch." There you go, and you got to be like, you know, and if you go to lunch, well, you might score some social points and make a networking contact. But if you don't go to lunch, you can clear some shit out of your inbox. What do you do? What's your choice? Ooh, there's yeah. a there's a game in here that I don't want to make, but, <laughs> but there's a game I, I will play. For five minutes while I'm waiting for Skyrim to load on Opera. That's yeah. quotable. That's quotable. There's a game in here I don't want to make. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play for a minute and be like, all right, enough with this shit. That's pretty much what I do with all these little shitty games. Mm -hmm. like I play this for a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. But it's fun. Right. But it's not. Oh. I'm going to let you in on a little adventure I've been having. Oh, shit. Um, is, does this for, begin for in the while. bathroom? <laughs> it begins and ends in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, like all stories. Uh, for Valentine's Day, one of the gifts I got my wife was Spotify. Uh, we've kind of stayed away from it for a while just because fuck Spotify. But she's super into music, so I thought she'd really enjoy it. And it didn't cost that much more for a two-person account. And so. I got to tell you, I'm thinking about getting it again, too, because I hate ads. I hate a minute worth a minute worth of ads for like three songs, and you know, good luck if the songs are short because then you got to listen to another minute of ads. Sure. And so, well, you know, I explored a little bit, but I decided uh, I, I can't just you know get something and enjoy it. I have to turn it into some large educational opportunity. Oh God, dude! Uh, no. So I decided I would choose a genre of music that I know very little about. My wife knows a hell of a lot about it. Zydeco. Uh, and uh, and I would try to experience that genre of music from its beginning, and, and I'd listen to it all in album order. Mambo. I've chosen rap. I've chosen hip-hop. 
Oh, dude, no. Okay, now what flavor? There's a lot. No, all flavors. Uh, all if, of it? If, if it is, I started in 1979. Oh, no, no, no. Dude. Sorry, sorry, 78. Started in 78. Sugar Hill Gang? Sugar Hill Gang, of course. And listened to every album that they have on Spotify in order of album release by year. I am up to mid-1986 right now, guys. Oh, I have, that is rough. I have listened to a lot of fantastic rap. I've listened to a lot of bullshit. A lot and, of Grandmaster and Flash. And a lot of in between. I like Grandmaster Flash. His stuff's good. Uh, the ones that I'm really... There, there's a few, And something you've probably never heard of, and it's probably for good reason, and most of this bullshit's out of L.A. Two, two I've discovered are my nemesis so far. Uh, I've, I'm about to hit the second album of the first one and and incorporated a rule. The first one, I just blew my mind at how bad it was, (laughs) is a hip hop artist named the Egyptian lover. I love it already. Out of LA, one of the old schools out of the West coast, awful, awful stuff. And his second album is about to come out about four albums away from where I'm at now. So I'm dreading it. But I didn't... Pause. Why do you have to listen to that one? Are you only listening to like the top ones? No. I have decided it's going to be... I am going to listen... Because I was trying to think of what is a large genre of music that has started since I've been alive so I can start from the beginning of it since I've been here and listen to it. And of course, hip-hop is it. Yeah, but there's so much out there. It's like... It's not like comicsology or the mar- where you're ro- where you're going through all the marvels and stuff. It kind of is. You're because you're also ignoring all the shitty comics. No, I'm not. Not with Marvel. There's okay. a lot of shitty comics <laughs> I've had to read. I'm an I'm an Oct- I'm an October 2007 motherfucker. I've will, read a lot of shitty comics. I will posit that there are more shitty albums of any genre, be it country, rap, rock. R&B, whatever, then there are comic books of Marvel. Uh, You're you in for a long you, time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Crap. Well, I, he's only on 86. How exactly. much? That's how seven much, years. How much music it was, did you listen to? It, it, start, it, it started very easy because, you know, 88, I'm sorry, uh, 78, you know, there's two, three albums with a bunch of singles. Yeah. And then you get to eight, you get about to eighty four, and it starts to ramp up. Eighty six is when it really kicks. You're in. gonna have to get choosy real quick. Nope, that's not the rule. You're it's gonna just, be just stuck like in the eighties. I, I have to read all the shitty Marvel stuff too. All of the power packs. I have to read oh. all of those. I have to read all the Marvel adventures for eight and up. No, it, it's wow. been a, it's been a trial. And he does all this. I do. Where does he get the time? I don't, I don't understand. Know. And he can't hang I, out with I, us. I read comics. Well, that's the, why. I read comics in the bathroom. I usually listen to the uh, rap albums either on the way to work or back from work if I'm not listening to it. Wow, that put, must put him in a nice, Ta- nice Ta- mood for work. Todd's the most- guy. Todd's the guy who, who's listening to the gangster rap real yeah. loud, and then like someone pulls up next to him, he turns it down. He's like, "Fuck the police!" Oh no, he turned that shit up. Yeah, because that's right. Todd has fucked the police all over the place. Just look at the guy. Oh, yeah. I, through and through. He's wearing an Iron Man shirt. Clearly. It, yeah. No, he's the guy the that the cops come to the window and he's like, ah, this guy's harmless. <laughs> Which, by the way, I will have you know, that happened to me once. What? I can't believe where it. Where the cops pull, pull me over 
and I don't know who it was with. It was a friend of mine. And they took one look at the back seat of my car, and I had like D and D books and Magic Gathering cards. And I was like, ah, these guys, let them go. These guys are really? harmless. Wow. <laughs> like, like verbatim. Because, dude, back when I had my ponytail, they'd come up to the car, hand on their gun, hippie. The first Filthy question hippie. they ask is, "Have you ever been arrested for a felony? Not convicted." It's like arrested. And that's their first question. Wow. Yeah. And then it's like, do you have a gun in the car? And then they ask if you own a gun. or And then they're like, do you know why I pulled you over? I mean, it was like, and when I, the first time, the only time, actually, I was pulled over one last time when I, after I got rid of my ponytail. It hasn't happened since. Knock on wood. Uh, totally not like that. It was like totally profiled by the ponytail. Totally. You think you have it bad. I'm a couple shades darker than you, Yeah, my pal well, friend. apparently D&D books are the way you, That's it. Uh, you nerd darker it up. folk escape the... Nerds are harmless. Let them go. <laughs> and, and, and a couple shades darker. Yeah, you cream white versus titanium white. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kind of an olive. It's my, it's my hobbies that make me pasty white like you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I was like Carl came over to the house the other day, and I oh said, my "Dude, God. you are the whitest dude I know." Carl's the blackest dude we know. Yeah, really. <laughs> you don't know where he is until he smiles. He's that yeah. bad, yeah. But but, but yeah, he is. He is the whitest dude he we is know. So friggin' geeky. It's yeah, so geeky white. Love the guy. Superman fan. Superman. Yeah. If it says anything right now, what Carl's really into is printing superheroes with his 3D printer. Not oh, to paint, just Jesus. to print them out yes. and then throw them in a basket. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Okay, so... <laughs> yes. So I had a red car. A red car. A red car that kind of was zippy and went fast. Yeah, that's asking and, for trouble. And, and the ponytail and this skin. And, uh, and I, I, for some reason, they let me go. But you... They give shit to? Oh, yeah. No, they were totally like, yeah, you know. I was always in danger of getting pulled and over. And I sat there with my, I did the whole, you know, I had my hands on the steering wheel. I would get my get my stuff, the insurance card and the registration and everything and have it ready, but then hands on the steering wheel just sitting there. And Have you ever been arrested for a felony? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know what you do? You say, your eyes are glazed, officer. You've been eating donuts? Yeah. No, I would, I would use like uh that works. When he they was, love that. Vernon's, Vernon's favorite line was, if it's a motorcycle cop, he's like, lean out the window and go, hey, those are nice boots. I didn't know they made those for men. <laughs> that's a, God damn it. That's wonderful. <laughs> Try that shit with Texas cops. <laughs> the ones that wear cowboy hats. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Oh those God. are the worst. Well, yeah. I can you see a cowboy hat in your rearview mirror walking up to your car? You're done. You're yeah. getting a ticket. There you go. <laughs> they don't like you. They don't like, where's hear. the cosplay convention? They're going to look at your D&D books in the back and be like, oh, you're into that satanic yeah. shit, ain't you? So you know what you do? You just tell them a joke. You say, hey, officer. Oh, no. What's the difference between cowboy hats and tampons? <laughs> cowboy hats are for assholes. <laughs> Yeah, that'll get you that, off. That, yeah, <laughs> right to jail. This boy ain't so bad. <laughs> In the distance, banjos. <laughs> <laughs> and they never saw him again. Barry's Texas hacks, folk. Disappeared Tune in, in next Bastrop. week. <laughs> figure out how to negotiate. <laughs> oh, and, and just for the record, uh, the other worst hip-hop band, Whistle. 
awful. Whistle. Whistle. They, Whistle. First two tracks were great. After that, oh, it shits the bed. It, the songs got so bad, I was laughing out loud. I was writing better things on my Casio keyboard at 12. Can you just keep it to, like, the top 100 <laughs> this artists? This is killing him. Why that you're you so thorough. You, you can't because you don't get a comprehensive education yes. just listening to the bad. Comprehensive, best How Barry. is that a comprehensive? That's not comprehensive education, and people put out shitty things. I, that's all it is. I want to listen to how hip-hop changed over the years in real time. It's not... <laughs> <sighs> It's technically hip-hop, but it's not any hip-hop anyone listened to. I love how this is killing him. (laughs) Doesn't matter. These were actual releases. If they're on Spotify, for the most part, they were something that at least achieved some sort of sales at some point. See, I disagree. I think Spotify is more like Hulu, where, yeah, you got a lot of good stuff on there, but you go deep into the movie vault, and you get some B, C, Z movies. I, I'm go, I'm basing it off of internet lists of albums when they were released, so I, it's not going to be stuff that was thrown out there and, and never really tracked. It's, it's basically everything that kind of exists along the way. That sounds exactly like you're listening to everything that was thrown out there. Kind of. Oh, my God. You, you are suffering for no reason. No, it's been very fascinating. Very Dude, I, I don't see much suffering. Yeah. I mean, you know, aside from the usual. Well, he's a strange man. And there are some albums out there that I wish I could hear that aren't on Spotify. Like, uh, I was supposed to hit uh, MC Hammer's very first album this year, okay. 86, uh, but that's not available on Spotify. Ooh. Oh. And there are some stuff that are, there's some Curtis Blow albums that are missing. Oh, my oh. God. So, so that's what I would have you listening yeah. to. So... I mean, I've gotten a few Curtis Blow albums under my belt already, but there's been a few that are like, these were released, but they're not on Spotify. So there's some stuff I have to skip. But if it's there, I'm listening to it. <sighs> Let me know when you get past the 80s, man. Oh, it's, it's going to be a while. <sighs> Gee, it's going to be a while until I'm past 86. Oh, my God. I do not envy you. By the time I hit 89, that's probably going to be a year-long project. But I'm learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There are like 20 other things you can do that are more fruitful than this. I'm not here for fruit. Oh, clearly, look, you're here for celery. Look at my body. This is not a fruit, fruit-filled <laughs> body. Wrong kind of carbohydrate. <laughs> Wrong carbohydrate. Well, enjoy the celery of hip-hop. Uh, and when I'm not doing that, I've been playing uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, God damn it! I still haven't played it. Um, it's been a fascinating little game so What's your house? Far. What's your house? Uh, Ravenclaw. Okay. That's acceptable. Uh, that's, that's where I ended up. It looks like a lot of people are getting Ravenclaw in yeah. this game, though. Yeah. Uh, the smart people. I, I will say this. The uh, questions from the the hat weren't a whole lot of them. And it. I think you have to work hard to not be Ravenclaw mm. in this one. Mm. I saw Kingvald uh, answer the questions, and there wasn't a lot of them. No. No. You basically pick whatever house you want. The game, and it does let you do that. It's like this is the house we put you in. Yeah. You want to pick a different house? Go ahead, right here. Here's your chance. To pick a the house. house. Listens to you. He said that to his kid at the end of the last movie. The the hat. I'm sorry. The hat, the hat listens <laughs> well, to you. That threw me off big time. The house listens to you. Wow, what you're the? you're so deep in it. That's you're a, just like, Amityville. He did not That's use the guys. right term. I am. I am. I am. But I'm, I'm, haunted houses is what that goes. So it's like the house is always listening. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, it's got that Harry Potter whimsy to it. But I'm still kind of early in the game. I've played about five to six hours in the game so far. 
Uh, I know it's an open world game, and I've gone out to explore some of that world, but I'm for an open world game, it's very, very story centric. Like there, it doesn't. Aside from getting some little extra experience points here and there, I mean, things in the game are still opening up, and there's obvious. There's a lot of spells that you can choose from that you learn along the way. So yeah, obvious. that's obviously going to open up very much so. Uh, however, I'm finding myself getting bored with it very quickly. Uh oh. Um, still, uh, still on it. The combat when it's really going can be really difficult. It has a very, very complex set of shields and counters that you have to go past. Certain spells that will get past certain shields to open them up to open people up with damage. And when you're fighting four people at once and they have four different kinds of shields, it can be a rough combat. Hmm. Uh, but aside from that, it feels a little childish. Oh. It feels a, feel very kid-oriented, even though the story underneath it is seems like it has got a very strong, dark undertone to it about a basically a goblin, goblin rebellion. Uh, I'm still going to play it for a while. It's, it's a beautiful game to look at. And the Harry Potter whimsy of it is all there, and I'm really enjoying that. It's one of the few games that I kind of stop and take in the environment just for watching Harry Potter shit happen around you. I know what your character looks like. Is He's a damn mess, isn't he? No. Actually, this doesn't give you that option to oh, really mess God. up somebody. I, I, uh, I know otherwise, because I saw Kingvald play the damn thing, and uh, he made his character basically wear underwear for a while. Oh, well, you can change what you wear, yeah, but as far as the the look... Oh, yeah, no, you can't become like a weird drow or something. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't allow me to create a complete chud like I like to do in these yeah. games. Yes, oh, you do. I, I loved watching his characters in uh, Saints Row where they look like goblins, really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Freaky goblins. If you yeah. could wear a tutu, you would. Don't, uh, don't include a nose... Uh, adjuster in a game oh, no. that uh, Todd's going to play because no, no, no. there's going to be some big noses. Yeah, but if you're a fan of Harry Potter in general and wanted to have the Hogwarts experience, going to the classes, having the instructors give you homework and so on of that, and actually kind of feel that it's there. If you want to exist in Hogwarts and explore Hogwarts to your heart content, it's there. I I I uh, I would want to go to Diagon Alley, but there, that's not in the game, and it's not going to be. I don't think. No, I'd, uh, I haven't heard of any announcement of that. Uh, I mean, Hogsmeade is there. Yeah, but uh, and then its whole open world around Hogwarts is available to you to go out and do whatever. But uh, today, I took a nice big jaunt into the open world. I'm like, well. You can stop and do this thing, which you're going to do a little puzzle to get some experience, or you can stop over here to fight some spiders to get some experience. And so far, uh, the experience and the loot of mm -hmm. the game is, is very similar to that of uh, uh, boring looter shooters to me, like uh, Destiny, ah. where you have two stats. You have offense and defense, and you'll find a robe that gives you more offense, or you'll find a shoe that gives you more defense. And that's really it as far as character expansion. Now, there's a talents thing I haven't opened up yet. Maybe things open bigger than that. Uh, but again, the whole spell casting thing, it's all about choosing the right spell to solve this puzzle. Open up the talents thing and then let me know how it is. Okay. I'm, I think I've decided to just wait because... Well, A, I can't buy it right now because I don't have a PS5 or a uh, Xbox Series S, X, or whatever. I have the, the old 
one, so it's going to come out. one? Yeah, and the one after that. But it, for that, it doesn't come out for another couple weeks or so. I'm the guy who waits a while till it becomes a little cheaper. Understandably so. Because I don't have a problem with that. And I love open world games, and so far this one is striking me. Yeah. Beautiful. If you love Harry Potter, check it out. Cool. Kirsten, what do you do? Well, I've been busy. We're we're in deadlines at the magazine, so I haven't done much. But I did get in the mail my uh, copy of Anomalous Subsurface Environment. Uh, okay. What in the hell Anom- am I looking at? Anomalous Subsurface Environment. Yes. It is an old school uh, gaming module. Uh, basically, and it's it's very cool because it's done to the old school style. So the covers are very reminiscent of what you would remember from the old school styles. Yeah, the back cover has that uh, <clears throat> AD&D style art, right. although a little more graphic than I'm used to. Yes. A zombie no. with a blade in it. Yeah, head. but that's called, uh, appropriately, a blade zombie, oh. which uh, runs around and smacks you with the blade stuck in its body. When so. I first saw this, you picked up this thing, and I thought it was an old school D&D module, yeah. the way it looks. Yeah, exactly. It's designed to be that way. It's got the little corner indicator, the little... Um, and, uh, it's a good story. Yeah, I know. It looks like an old school D&D module. Yes, it does. Um, but Tell it's it's it. designed for the old school. It's by Henchman Abuse, <laughs> which uh, is a, a a company that you know Barry's gonna love. Love it. And so, is this a module or is it its own game? It's system? actually no, it's not its own game system. It's meant to be played against the um, basic or first edition systems, especially the OSR ones. Uh, it's compatible with Labyrinth Lord, which is one of the uh, bigger um, OSR game adaptions out there. Although Old School Essentials is pretty much the premium old school uh, adaption. Old that's school, out there. like Thacko? Yes. Ah, yes. okay. So, but um, they they do cleaned up versions of the game. They, they clean up a lot of the rules. They solidify stuff. In the case of uh, Old School Essentials, they actually, and I think actually Labyrinth Lord, I shouldn't do them an injustice, they uh, they actually provide an alternative system for ascending armor class so you don't have to deal with that bullshit. Um, and this is actually kind of like a, um, it's, it's played up as a module, but it's actually kind of like its own uh, game world. Because it's very, very much the old pulpy meld, mixing, melding of genres. So it's not just uh, sci- uh, uh, sword and sorcery and fantasy. It's also got some science fiction in it. There's oh. rules in here for encountering um, uh, robots and stuff like that. What? And uh, the basically, it's kind of like a that. Kind of like get Castle Greyhawk kind of thing. Kind of the the Castle Greyhawk, the the dying Earth type of genre where magic has come back and the old highly advanced civilizations have died and everything's in ruins and you go exploring, but you may find magic stuff. You may find um, technology. Technology. Um, sort of like that, remember, expedition to the Barrier Peaks, except that this is not an accident. This is all integral to that world. Hmm. So it's actually, and it's a, it's a mega dungeon 
type of deal. I'd say it's a thick book for a yeah, module. Yeah, well, and this is book one. Oh. Actually, two books. So this one sets up the uh, world around the city-state of Denethix and uh, where you can go exploring um, and then all sorts of... Uh, and, and it's got wonderful little touches here and there. Um, there are a bunch of... There are a bunch of uh, OSR modules that have like salutes to the Morlocks and Eloy, you know, from H.G. Uh, Wells' Time Machine, or in this case, we've got Mokhtars. Mokhtars, which are basically mocks drawn from Thundar. Oh, oh my so god! So th there is there is some the there is some Thundar influence in this wonderful little game. So it's uh, it's actually. Uh, very fun. You can run up against, you know, things like the Dune Ghost, which is sort of like a sandy, dusty nanite type of creature. Or you can go up against, where was it? I want to get this right. The Sasquatron, Sasquatron <laughs> which is a bionic Sasquatch. Is that the um, thing on the front cover, this weird ape thing? Uh, I don't know. I, do I choose to know. believe it is. Because the, the thing about apes is when they're even in black and white if they're if they're by white, the way you have to start more conversations with us by saying see the thing about apes yeah <laughs> the, the, i challenge you to do that once a week the thing about apes in osr is you never know when they are the white apes of mars edgar rice burroughs barsoom stories which had six arms and uh, apparently, Dave Arneson and, and Gary Gygax loved throwing them out in all of their games to the point that there is um, an old school monster called the Gorilla, which is a six-armed ape. So, so that's the thing about apes, Barry. But actually, <laughs> that's the thing about apes. If you Barry. look oh, at this okay, cover, right. if you look at these cover, some of these uh, guys look like Morlocks they do. from the Time Machine movie. So it's very much all that intermixed stuff, which you guys know I love. Sure. I love the, the, the messy mixing of it. So Hinch Men Abuse, it's called Anomalous Subsurface Environment. I, um, I love the title. Come yes. on. No, no, no. That, 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 that's one of the things that, that catches the eye. And this is a beginning level, too. This is Adventure for Characters Level 1 through 2. The second book is 2 through 3. And... It gives more monsters. One through two, and they're fighting apes? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That old school motherfucker. I, I get a real keep on the borderland yeah, field. You yeah. get in there, and you decide. You may, It's not balanced. You don't know. You may go into this fight, and you die because you were stupid. Aha. Because that's the whole old school premise. If the characters die, it's because they were stupid. It's not anything that the GM did. It was brutal. <laughs> I mean, that's, oh, that's yeah. some... Uh, Tomb of I almost said Tomb yeah. of Annihilation. Tomb of Horror. Tomb of Horror shit. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Oh uh, yeah. Brutal. Tomb of Horrors is crazy stuff. But that's some of the old school environment stuff that comes out that I just I really enjoy. That's really kind of crazy, wacky. I'm fascinated by this. So they've got uh, in the second book, I think they've got uh, and in they do. Let me see that. I want to see some old school art. They do some. Uh, you know, Todd, some race as class stuff. Mm -hmm. oh, so you got geez. like the insect man, which is not a race that you can combine with fighter and wizard. It is the race unto itself. It's a class unto itself that you play. And it has stuff. its own abilities. And right. And that's one of the cool things about old school essentials is they play with a lot of that. I also got a couple of their zines. It's called Carcass Crawler. 
And uh, those will have additional rules for additional classes okay. and stuff like that. Wow, there's like 10 tables in here. Oh, and 10 dude. OSR. Oh, you got to have tables. Chart tables master. and charts, motherfucker. That's one of the nice things I like about it, too. Is cause there's a, a chart in here called Occasionally Tapeworm-Free Meal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Fuck, dude. That's right. Is that necessary? I, I'm putting that in my kitchen. There you go. Fashion for the wealthy gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Barry's table right there. This is this is uh, this is screaming hackmaster at me now. Little oh, bit, little uh, bit. it 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 it's it's very cool. It's it's a lot of fun. So I would look forward to uh, actually. I like this the old school maps in here that yes. look, they're like this is a exactly exactly a square to exactly a square yep. to a forty five degree angle. So you could build this very easily with dwarven forge, which <laughs> I like because I have a that's lot. That's always of it. helpful. The font, of course, is like that old school uh, BX font. It's very this, readable. It's very yeah. readable. It yes. feels very comfortable to mm-hmm. me. This 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 has a this, this has feels a, like home. This has an uh, uh, an old school basic D and D red box feel to Exactamundo. it. This looks like the covers the, even yeah. fucking red. I'm very sad because the second one is green. It's not blue. It's like guys, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. They went. They went elsewhere with that. I don't know what's going on. Cornstalk warrior, and there's yes. an image, and it's yes. the goofiest thing. Yep, cornstalk. It's um, it's uh, like a genetically a uh, hybrid corn um, plant that actually went uh, sentient. I'm sold on this. By there's the way, there's a there's a like a dog warrior thing, but you think like kobold? No, it's called Dober Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. It's poetry. It's it's got a little bit of that gamma world gonzo, but it's still enough um uh, enough D and D and stuff that it's uh it's a, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed reading that uh and uh I might, you know, run that someday. I don't know. It's what the what? hell is a Sasquatron? There you go. If 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 I am able, which of course my life these days <laughs> But this sounds amazing to me. I, I have to I have to read this. This is great. The Sasquatron is a gigantic hairy humanoid that has undergone terrible modifications. Mm. The monster stands eight feet tall, has a thick brown pelt. Its head is a cylinder of black metal studded with glowing blinking gems and encased in a clear polycarbonate sphere. And its right arm has been replaced by the claw of a giant crab. What the shit? There you go. And it's got an image, and it's as goofy as you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only sad thing about these things is that there are no minis out there, you know? you. Oh, yeah, because you know? well, I can't tell you how many times I needed that mini. The Sasquatron? In the advent of 3D printing, there probably is now. Yeah. there. There's one character, Todd, that's almost perfect for you. Oh. A character class. I just read it. It was a Sasquatron. Uh, yeah. They, um, they call it. The they do a lot of playing Heaven around Bart. with Heaven things. So they have like the warden, which is basically Bart. a ranger with uh, no spells, right? Okay. And the way they do it is because OSE continues the old school trend of different experience tables. So by varying the experience tables and how people progress, they can. It's a lot easier to jimmy stuff, which makes a lot of sense. So there's one character class called the mage, which is basically a Gandalf riff and one of the first notable things about the mage is he has no spell list and no spell slots so so it's all knowledge it's all 
I know stuff. You've got a staff that can like light up and maybe is plus two to hit. That's very Gandalf. But but basically, when you want spells, you need to purchase or make scrolls because the mage, while he doesn't have a spell list, he can actually use any scrolls and stuff like that. Interesting. And I was looking at that, and it, it's actually a very cool concept. But I was also like, yeah, this is, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not like the Joker gets magic powers, Todd Bristow, but it is a Todd Bristow character because it's like, yeah, I'm a mage. Can you cast a spell? No. That's very <laughs> much. That's very much how the Lord of the Rings uh, MMO was uh-huh. with, the, with the class of lore master. Yeah, because you can't be a mage. You can't be one of the right the, the Astari, Maya, sure, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Astari, Maiar? well, the Astari were Maiar. Okay, yeah, I don't. I'm. That's okay. You, you, you were there. You were there. Don't, don't take yourself down. I don't know as much <laughs> as you do about Lord of the Rings. I'll admit that. That's okay. If uh, Stephen Colbert was here, we'd all be embarrassed. This is true. So, yeah, for many reasons. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he, he just look at us and say, "This yeah, is your show, really." really? That's People are entertained by I, you, assholes. I'm going to fire my agent. You have an agent? No, he does. Oh. Or he did until he came on this show. <laughs> well, if he hadn't quit already, he would quit by the time we hit. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, doing so good. <laughs> Maybe he'd forget that it's a news show. I know. He, he never does. God, this is why I smoke candy cigarettes. Oh. <laughs> have a drink, folks. That's a new have... one. That's a new one on the Geek Shock drinking game. We are here to kill you with alcohol. <laughs> And candy cigarettes. <laughs> I'm gonna have one right now. Hold on, I gotta do the thing that people do when they smoke. <laughs> gotta you've pack ne- it. You've never known a smoker, have you? Yeah. That's not how you pack a cigarette. I don't fucking know. Exactly. <laughs> I never smoke normal cigarettes. I only ever smoke cloves and fucking weed. I never smoke normal there cigarettes. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Barry was clean. <laughs> only well, clean shit for me. Well. <laughs> well. Yeah, <laughs> clean is a that's real all, hey, loaded hey, term here. That's all I ever smoked. We'll <laughs> <laughs> leave it there. We're gonna leave it. There. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah, leave yeah. it there. Yeah, they well, don't give a shit about. Known to genre fans for their limited edition posters, high-end collectibles, and vinyl records, Mondo was purchased by vinyl toy maker Funko less than a year ago. And the rep now reports that Funko has, quote, unceremoniously laid off most of the staff at Mondo, unquote. This includes most of the artists. The rap report continues, quote, the poster division was run by Mondo co-founder Rob Jones, who was also laid off during the process. (laughs) Mitch Putnam, another co-founder, also got the axe. Earlier this month, Funko revealed that it suffered a loss in the fourth quarter of 2022 and that it would destroy between $30 million and $36 million worth of inventory and lay off 10% of its staff. The rap has also learned that much of these cuts landed on Mondo, the report adds. Uh, it was back in June of 2022 that Funko purchased Mondo from Almo Draft House, and the hopes were high that Funko would allow Mondo to take things to a whole new level. Well, that's not happening now. Uh, so apparently they've, uh, they're still moving forward the vinyl and some of the collectibles. Um, they say they, have, they still have the poster aspect around, but they fired almost all the artists for the posters, so what's the point? That's the whole way acquisitions are nowadays. I'm going to buy it and then fire virtually everybody who came with the company. 
An Alamo draft house? They, 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 yeah. Alamo yeah. made Mondo, yes. which was bought by Funko. Yes. And it's now all bought. A year up. ago. A year ago. A year ago. Yeah. Why did they buy it? Obviously, Funko thought they would be in the green forever. Oh, yeah, the whole Funko thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Funko collapse, the great Funko collapse. Yep, the beanie babies of our time. I'm glad... I'm glad they <laughs> had to I, take, I had to take had a, a candy s- cigarette out of my mouth. He's saying talk. something profound. The kid stays in the picture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and look at the way he's holding it. Jesus Christ. What about what? It's a candy cigarette. I'm holding it like a fucking cigarette. <laughs> I can quit any time I want. Just finish your it fucking f- thought. No, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to let it finish just yet. You know, you know, folks, when candy cigarettes don't look like regular cigarettes, they look like eating lollipops. And yeah. that's what this looks like. He looks like he's got a lollipop in his mouth. He's freaking Telly Savalas over here, but with hair. Telly Savalas? <laughs> Who loves you, baby? Oh, Not me! He's a Willy Wonka refugee. <laughs> <laughs> he's a Oompa Loompa Boppity Boob. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Loompa, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> I don't know what. I like when we get him to sing, though. Is that just, it? Yeah, is that you what would. you're doing? Yeah. Two episodes in a row he has sung. Yeah. Oh. Just wait till the musical episode. I got to get a, I got to get like a cattle prod or a shock collar. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with this no matter what the next sentence is. <laughs> don't be looking that up on Amazon. What? <laughs> I saw you grab for your phone. Yeah, you should look up uh, shocking pinball machines. I totally forgot what I was saying. Carry on. <laughs> it's Holy shit. Out of my head. It worked. You made me it eat worked. my cigarette. We, we delayed him long enough. He totally fucking... It's gone. Who knew that this is all it took? <laughs> Five minutes of airtime. <laughs> you don't give a shit about... Says you. Paramount Pictures is set to produce a remake of director Alfred Hitchcock's 1958 psychological thriller, Vertigo. Robert Downey Jr. is producing the film, and he's also most likely going to end up taking the lead role that was previously played by James Stewart. The script is for the remake will be written by Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight. The movie is a favorite among Hitchcock fans, and the story centers on former police detective John Scotty Ferguson, who suffers from an intense fear of heights and is hired by an old college friend to follow his wife, Madeline, who seems to be behaving strangely as Scotty investigates he becomes increasingly obsessed with Madeline. For Hitchcock purists, it's sacrilege. But for a lot of people who don't have a way into enjoying and appreciating Hitchcock, maybe this is a good thing. I, I don't. I, I don't put Hitchcock in the. He's amazing. His stuff's amazing. Great director, especially for his time. Wow. However, I don't feel like his movies are untouchable. Yeah. Uh, Vertigo. I've seen Vertigo. It's amazing. I've seen a lot of Hitchcock stuff. I had to. I was in a murder mystery thing about Hitchcock movies that I was paid to be in. So, God damn it. And I played <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, bro, from uh, Rear wow. Window. Oh, wow. Did you do an impression of Jimmy Stewart? Or did you yes, play of course role? I did. You had to. Okay. Right. Uh, Notice I'm not asking you for it. No, nor am I giving it to you. No, um, yeah. 
Uh, Poor Biggs. Right now, he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting him have it. That's oh. that's his wheelhouse. <laughs> that sounds like the Biggs oh. period. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Go to the communist. Oh. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's Herman Munster. <laughs> However, I don't think Vertigo is the one the one to remake really? uh, of his stuff. Which one would be? The Birds. I was just going to say The Birds. Oh, yeah. yeah. Through and through The Birds. Well, The Birds because modern technology, the special effects. Yeah. You know. Of course, I don't know, man. It'd be difficult to make a Hitchcock, Tippy Hedren movie in the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually have to abuse some children. And I know. You yeah, actually have to, to treat people like human beings. There might be some problems. There might be some issues in yeah. using the real birds on that one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, South by Southwest. There's there's so many rope. I mean, make some. There's plenty of Hitchcock stuff to choose. Fine, if you want to do this, do it. But North by Northwest. That's what I said. Do you think they'll make different choices? Hitchcock made a movie about a movie exposition. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so meta. It would be. Do you think they'll change the beats? They'll they'll twist it. I doubt it. I, I, I think they'll. Fe- I think they'll feel a, a an honorific toward the original. But will they be able to compete with Mel Brooks' High Anxiety? Never, Ooh, never, 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 never. Sometimes they 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 remake these classic classic films for modern audiences, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it turns out like Psycho. Remember that remake? Mm. Well, it was a shot for shot remake. Oh, if you're going to remake a movie, shot for shot is not the way to do it. That's when you're a kid learning how to make movies yeah and you show it to your parents because if, if it's shot for shot why the fucking point i took a girl to see that and we both came out of the theater we looked at each other like well that was that was a movie all right, all right. shook hands see you later yeah. Bye. <laughs> oh boy it ruined a date yeah it did that's it that's a blurb <laughs> thanks this one will ruin yeah. your date yep the remake of psycho and my girl those are two <laughs> no news. date ruiners ah <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Weekend Geek! Hooray! Whew. That was short. Yeah, good. The Star Wars film project that Damon Lindelof and Justin Britt Gibson exited has found a new writer. That writer is Stephen Knight, who is best known for his work on Peaky Blinders and, yes, the Vertigo reboot. The same guy? <laughs> the same wow, guy. Wow, that guy gets around. Right? right. In one week. This is what we got. Ooh, his stock's going up. Check HSX. <laughs> uh, no more details to really share on it. No word on if Knight will write the script that Lindelof and Britt Gibson turned in or Phil start from scratch. But production on the film is scheduled to start shooting in February 2024, and the film is set to be released December 19th, 2025. So better get moving. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Okay. I just I wish I knew more of the stuff. I mean, I know you, you did Peaky Blinders. He did Peaky and that Blinders. Was good. Yeah. Uh, he also did... Uh, Eastern Promises. Oh, uh, Spencer, dude, you had me at Eastern Promises. So, yeah, uh, I've never seen Peaky Blinders, but I hear wonderful things. It's it's good. It's right. good. Uh, yeah. How is it compared to uh, Sons of Anarchy? Uh, that was a, that was a very spit filled uh, breathe in. It's it's not apples. It's very, to apples. Okay. It's a different very English. It's a different very thing. Irish. Very very, very British English. Okay. Well, yeah, of course. And (laughs) very working class, very rough. It's, mm, I can't compare it to Sons of Anarchy. You can't. Just watch it. It's that different. It's it's very different from Sons of Anarchy. Very different. Um, Less less soap opery? 
Nah. Or more soap opera. No, it's a different kind. Yeah. It's a different animal. Yeah, it's all, Check it out. They're all soap operas with some blood and guts. Yeah, but some are more soap opera than others. Yeah. It's got its soap opera moments. But otherwise, it does have those great moments of not so much Cillian Murphy, but Killian. the other Killian, whatever the fuck his name is. The other guy. I like, his his, bro- I like Silly Murphy. Silly, He's other guy. Is that like, is that not like, all oh, Silly Murphy? Oh, hello. hello. Let's grab our pinky blinders and go after them. Stop stealing my voice. <laughs> whoever, so silly. Whoever plays his brother is just brutal and amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Which one's more brutal of the two shows? Wow, okay, I can't even answer that. It's, I'm having trouble. Dude, it's... I'm going to yeah. have to say Peaky Blinders. No, wow. Dude, they're Peaky Blinders yeah, so because th- they put razors right. in the peaks of their caps and then they slash your face. Which doesn't happen a lot in the show. What kind of friends you want to have. totally just ruined where I was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Pissed wow. Cheerios. Way to, way to wingman there. Sorry. Right there. <laughs> Sorry. Well, to be fair... To be fair, Sons of Anarchy. There's a lot of sons, but not a lot of anarchy. So, <laughs> well, it's it's. I heard that it was like a Hamlet. There's a Hamletness to it. In fact, in the first season, I'm like, okay, this is going to go the way Hamlet, isn't it? And All it right. is very right. much so. Yeah, it's Hamlet. Right. What's that guy's name? Stephen Knight. I'm checking my Hollywood Stock Exchange right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't have a symbol. All right, I have to keep an eye get, on that. Get shit. get get that out now before the episode drops. Uh, to- because because <laughs> it's gonna be a run. Yeah, it's yeah. Be a run. Yeah. No, I I don't even have the money in this stupid thing. To, <laughs> Motherfucker, to so broke his his Hollywood's. <laughs> no, no, sex I'm doing all right, and I'll tell no you money. why I'm doing all right because oh. I sold all my Jonathan Majors as soon as that little scandal oh. thing came out this week. If yeah. you're paying attention, that that even uh, knocked down the Avengers five stock. Yeah. Holy shit balls. Okay, for people who don't know, he got arrested for allegedly doing some bad shit. Uh, what did he do? Like domestic, domestic violence kind of, or something yeah. like that. I don't know if it's true or not, but his HSX stock just plummeted. Yeah. So I got out of that right in time. Like, oh, right there. Well, <laughs> supposedly there's a whole bunch of shit coming out now about this guy, which is kind of weird because it's like, why'd they sit on it till now? And doesn't Marvel vet this shit? I yeah, you think you they would. Think. would. Hmm? You would think. You, you would think. think. I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah it, it's sort of like, it's a, it's an awful lot for uh, a Marvel-casted person. I don't know. You know what? Regardless of however it shakes out, I think he did a great job as Kang. I think he did an amazing job in Lovecraft Country. Yeah, yeah. I didn't recognize him. Whatever. There you go. And with that nose, you recognize that guy. Yeah. But um, I say the same thing about Jeff. Yeah. 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 That's true. Have you seen uh, Quantumania? Have any of us? I have not. I thought you were going to say, have you seen Jeff? Yes, he often sits next to me in the show. (laughs) Have you seen that nose? No. I've seen Quantumania. I really enjoyed it. You Okay, now I'm remembering. You you uh, quantum-mated. Uh, you commented. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's a that's a mixing of words. You've commented that you don't understand some of the some of the backlash it's getting, right? Cause yeah, it's, I don't. I had a fun time watching that film. Yeah. I don't, no, I don't get no. it. I, I don't care to discuss it with anyone because I oh, don't care that much. Well, I'm just saying I enjoyed it. He will keep his you, opinions to I'm, himself. I know. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Whatever other people's opinions of Quantumania are, um, you can stuff it because I enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. All right. That 
is the kind of YouTube negativity <laughs> we need. It, it, no, it, no, 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 no. Yes, not, we no, do. No, 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 we not. need you to get on the YouTube and be like, I liked it. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyone who didn't like this is a fucking c See, you said that, <laughs> not me. And I, I don't even need to go there. I think if you disagree with me, that's fine. You have a right to your opinion. Your opinion is wrong, but you have a right to it. And I need you to write that down, double-spaced, you know, both sides of the paper, because, you know, we like to conserve paper here, because you know, the environment. I need you to take that piece of paper. I need you to copy it and triplicate, roll it up really tight, like a, like a jailhouse joint. And then I need you to go around a corner and put it into your ass. See, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's what I need you to do. This this will help revive movie criticism on YouTube. <laughs> I, yeah. It's all on you, Barry. My name's Barry, and I have opinions. <laughs> and well, there's all, a sticker. And we're all lesser for it. And then you cut, <laughs> and you cut to Deb just rolling her eyes. <laughs> and that's a sticker. That you can hear. You can hear her eyes scraping around in her eye sockets. <laughs> In the grim, dark future of the 41st millennium, oh, yeah. there is only war. Warhammer 40K is releasing the 10th edition rule set this summer. Uh, Games Workshop has updates coming for several of its key games, both the sci-fi 40K and its fantasy counterpart, Warhammer Age of Sigmar, and the smaller-scale skirmish games in those universes, Kill Team and Warhammer Underworlds, and the old-school 30K prequel game, Horus Heresy. Within the lore of 40K's universe, the 10th edition will begin in the wake of the current events of the rulebook series, Arcs of the o Arcs of Omen. Here's, here's the thing I kind of really enjoy about the editions when they release a new edition. They advance the storyline. Every time they release an edition, the world has advanced story-wise. Nice. So... It, this will begin in the wake of the current events, which has seen several Space Marine chapters, the Oryx, the Alien Tau Empire, and the forces of a mysterious new agent of the Chaos Demons, Vashtor, slugging it out in the Aperium Nihilus, a section of humanity's vast stellar empire that was cut off from the rest of it during the events that opened the game's current ninth edition. Uh, with that conflict about to climax, 10th edition sees the galaxy turn its eyes to the leader of the Ultramarine Space Marine chapter, Rebute Gilion, after the swarming masses of the alien Tyranids of the thought-defeated High Fleet Leviathan launch a surprise attack on the other side of the Imperium, revealing that it's the largest ever Tyranid force surrounding the entire galaxy. Uh, 40K's 10th edition is launching with a focus on condensing the game's current rules, a process mm. Game Workshop described as simplified but not simple, unquote. <laughs> Uh, this condensing puts much more of the game's rules and abilities into actual units in the games themselves instead of taking up separate phases of a turn. Uh, for example, the, uh, the psychic ability phase where you ma your magically enhanced characters cast spells has been removed, for example, uh, with psychic powers now being treated as the same as regular attacks resolved in combat phases or being administered through 40k stratagem systems, a raft of abilities and buffs that your army issued as command orders at the beginning of turns. I'm so glad to see that go. That made shit so confusing. You know what's aggravating? I bought the 9th edition rule set, and I bought the Adeptus Sororitas rules, and now I haven't even got to play them. Well, They're sitting in a box. 
Well, with many of these abilities now baked into newly condensed data sheet rules for each unit as an army, Games Workshop says the intent is for players to have easy access to all the rules they need to play their faction. That means they'll have less to learn about matchups against other factions in as little as one or two sheets of rules instead of hauling around multiple books worth of rules and mechanics with their armies. The new updates to the way armies are constructed constructed. Uh, the intent is to remove a lot of the external layers of depth in 40k while maintaining transitioning that depth to the actual forces of the tabletop. Actual uh, access to those rules will be easier thanks to an overhauled app that will host the core rules for the 10th edition as well as the newly balanced data sheets for every faction in the game for free upon launch. Mm. Not only will this mean that players can start playing with their current army straight away without having to wait for their updated rule books, but Games Workshops intends to use this digital first approach to rules to make it easier to issue updates and errata to the game based on feedback and playtesting. Uh, that easier accessibility for the game will be uh, include a brand new format to play 40k called Combat Patrol. Uh, based on the current starter box sets Games Workshop sells for each faction, Combat Patrol will have slightly simpler rules than the 10th edition proper, with the intent that newcomers or people who want to try out a new army before committing to a sizable force of miniatures can pick up one of these boxes and have a force that's immediately ready to go to battle against similarly balanced forces from other box sets. Hmm. This is needed. Ninth edition, better than eighth edition, but it had some problems. And those problems were stratagems. Every single army had their own set of cards and that would allow for re-rolls or whatever it is, but there were so many of them. They cost command points. You get so many command points per game. Overcomplification. Yeah, yes. I, I get it. Yeah. And now they've just said, okay, these characters can do that. It's on the data sheet. Get, there was an extra set of stuff that just made things overly complicated that if you fought against an army, you had no idea what you were fighting against because unless you owned that rule book and studied it, you wouldn't know. This is a good move. This will make Warhammer easier to play without making it... It just it strips away the complexity. That's good the, because the it over was, complexity. I hadn't played it yet, but it was looking very complex. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of that was those stratagems. Of course, I haven't even gotten past the open the box and empty all the pieces out and glue all the shit clip together, em, clip them, glue them. That's a lot of work. Haven't gotten to that point yeah. yet. And then you have to paint them. <laughs> oh, jeez! If only a new dude. I know. It's like grinding, and wow, it is. <laughs> But I do also love that one. Uh, their app—they're making the data sheets free, so that because that was a big problem with Ninth Edition is that you had to use the Eighth Edition rule book and those stats. So people that got their new rule books right when Tenth Edition came out had all this new stuff to play with, and you were still left with the old stuff until your book finally came out. So are they going to put out new books? Yes. Yeah, but for now, everyone has rules that are up to date yes and that's another thing is that whole up to date because warhammer puts out errata after a few months okay they they said okay now that there's been enough of this played out there and especially in competitive field we now know see where the balance issues are so we're making some adjustments to fix those balance issues but you still own that 
physical rule book that has none of those changes. So you have to go online, find out what all that errata is, Ugh. apply it mentally, or start writing in your books to fix this until a few months goes by and another errata sheet comes out. If this is done digitally, it's something they can fix on the fly as it comes. That's a lot. It is, but the big problem with if you start ninth edition now is that the rule book that you have is out of date to what the rules are for competition. And and it's been a problem like that every time they put out an edition. It starts out fine, and then they start fixing the rules along the way that you have to... It's, you have to study a lot. God, study, study, so study. Much. It's so much. When I first got these, you know, strictly due to peer pressure, looking at you, um, uh, I got all this stuff, and I'm like... Okay, yeah, I'll find the time to put them all together, learn how to put these together and put them all together. You got to make the time. I don't have the time. I have too much other shit going on. He's got Darkest Dungeon. He's got Skyrim to play over again for the third time. And and just win it again. Yeah, uh, I don't have time. Candy cigarettes to (laughs) mistakenly order on Amazon. Mistakenly. And put on on some eyelashes. Cats to throw things at. Yeah, I have cats to throw things at. Uh, so I don't have time. I'm I'm really seeing the benefit of going to the War Room Games auction and buying an army already done. I I, I now that I I realize I didn't have time for this shit, I'm thinking maybe I should have saved my money and did that. Oh, well. It would have saved you money. Yeah, it would have saved me money. Oh, well. Yeah. Thanks, ass. If you want a Necron army, they come up all the time. Oh, <laughs> all the time! You 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 talked me into Adeptus Sororitas. Battle I, nuns. I did not even suggest Chicks that one to him. Chicks and chainmail. He he asked me, "What do you think of that one?" I was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good. That's what he bought. That's well, how that's you, how that went." Saw, I don't think that's how you it looked went. at Barry. You looked at all the chicks, and you're like, "Oh yeah, Barry, that's you." And you know what? Deb bought some too. Yeah, she got sucked in. She bought that. What I don't know. What it was Zinch, I think. Yes. Sneech. Sneech. Zinch. 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 Z- yeah. Whatever. Yeah, some kind of demon thing. Nachi. She saw this crazy thing with big wings and chains and stuff. She's like, ah, yeah, that. Which, I, I get it. Has she put it together? No. She has no. time for that. She has less time than I do. Yeah, if only you knew somebody that uh, could do that for if you. If I for, only for did. Hire. I, I just don't know anyone. I, a, yeah. just a, oh, if only he could, could afford be somebody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your prices that. are kind of high. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Some, some households gouging You know what? I'll just get some spray paint. There you go. Prime prime watercolors. Yeah. <laughs> I still think just dip Macaroni them in to black. <laughs> yes, that's all you need. Though. If you can't see them, you can't hit them. There you go. That's what I hear. <laughs> Last November, Netflix announced that they're developing a live-action movie and animated series based on the video game Gears of War. Now they've announced that the live-action film will be adapted by John Spates, uh, the writer for Dune, Prometheus, Doctor Strange, and The Mummy. That's the, mm. the new mummy. Uh, Gears of War, a society divided on the brink of, co- brink of collapse, faces total extinction by the Locust, a monstrous threat from below. Delta Squad, a ragtag fire team led by disgraced Sergeant Marcus Phoenix, is now charged with leading humanity's last stand. The series has been critically acclaimed for redefining the tactical third-person and cooperative shooter genre. So John Spates, Dune, wrote Dune, Prometheus, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Strange, good, good. Uh, the new mummy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so... Uh, 
This could go yeah, either so way. So where is this in the order? Is it the last thing you did <laughs> or really good? Is it is it a odd number Star Trek movie or an even number Star Trek movie? <laughs> I, I, odd number space or even? <laughs> did you guys play Gears of War? Yes. At least the first no. two. But I like the trailer. <laughs> what? The trailer. With with the pretty piano music. Oh, okay. It was really cool. It was. It's just it's just this really big dude in really big armor shooting aliens. I don't see how it redefined anything. It it added a cover aspect that third person shooters did not have up till then. So it added cover, mm-hmm. cover, really, yeah, dude. The cover, the reload system, and uh, at the time, it all was pretty, uh, pretty newfangled. Because we look back on like, it now, and it doesn't look like much, but no, we've I've, had a lot since. Then. I've played like four or five, or whatever the whatever was free on Xbox Game Pass, and they were fun games. But at the end of the day, it's a shooter. Yeah, well, yeah. So I don't see what the, what the innovative thing is. Maybe if I played the first and second ones when they first came out, but I'm not yes. a big shooter guy. Yeah, that's really... When they came out, they added some new things. Yeah, and I, I don't see... Who's who's playing Marcus Phoenix? Doesn't oh, say, we, doesn't. They're, they're, I don't think it's been cast yet. Okay, he's going to have to be huge based on uh, Marcus Phoenix in the game. Oh dude, sure, dude is ginormous. Everyone on there is super roided out. Yeah, what's the name of the actor that played Drax? Oh, uh, uh, that guy, the guy who played Drax. Yeah, uh, Kirsten could answer it now, but he ran to the bathroom. He's peeing right now. Kirsten's making a pee pee. Um, he, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Dave Batista. Yes, Batista is lobbying hard for that. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. He's big enough to play it. So he wants it really bad. So I'm guessing that. He'll probably get it. It's probably going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got enough cachet that if he wants it, I, I'm sure they'll come to a fine negotiation for a price yeah, it's a for something he really movie. wants. It's, you know, yeah, maybe. I just I just didn't think it had a really amazing story. Nah, it, it wasn't. It uh, Story-wise, it was generic. I, although I will say it was the first time I ever felt the weight of a character while playing it. Like, Marcus Phoenix is who you played. And of course, if you played multiplayer, you played other characters. But you felt like you were a 300-pound dude. The yeah. way that he moved, the way that the, the you almost felt the ground shake with the run. The Probably the closest thing to a Space Marine of 40K in video game form that I've seen. Oh, yeah. That's so Batista has to play it because I don't think they could get anyone else that would have that weight to the character. There it is. That's perfect. Weight. You don't even move super fast. No, and that, that's that kind of the point. It was more about cover. It, it wasn't. There was nothing cover. dexterous the about cover that. System. There was no dexterity in that game. No, it was about being a huge dude with a huge gun and the grenade tracker. Right, that's the one that had the arc tracker for the. Yeah, the I think it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I played that. I think it might have been the first version with Chad Randall. We played. So long, it was dawn when I left his house. Ah. I was walking out to my car. That was the best. In his apartment complex, and there were a group of kids, just some teenagers, talking before they caught the bus. And I remember looking at them, and I I shit you not, my brain visualized the grenade tracker (laughs) and the arc (laughs) where I needed to put that grenade right in the center of those group of kids. And I was like, I need to go home. I need to go to sleep. The worst is when you leave your friend's house after playing uh, GTA. <laughs> you don't. You shouldn't drive. Yeah, really. After playing that, I'm like, all right. If I just ram this guy off the road, yeah, I'll just swap this exactly. car for a better car. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> Shouldn't do that. Or worse yet, you Uber and you're just sitting in the back like, what are you doing? <laughs> you totally let that guy get away. This is far before the time of Uber. Yeah. I know. Oh, uh, whatever. I'll bet you the uh, next version of GTA, <laughs> you, Uber's one of the options for a side Uber game. Uber will be there. That'd be great. <laughs> the Ubers. <laughs> GTA Uber. That's how you make some little extra money things. <laughs> People get out, they pay you, they get out of their car, you get out of the car, you rob them, yeah. you run them down, and you walk away. True GTA fashion. Yes. Zack Snyder's next movie is Rebel Moon, based on a Star Wars pitch that he once made to Lucasfilm. We know. He's got big plans to build a Rebel Moon franchise with multiple films and now a video game. Snyder reveals the news himself during an interview with the Nerd Queens. This apparently isn't going to be a cheap tie-in game either. He describes the RPG as being huge and immersive. Didn't say, share many details on it, what the developer is working on, or even the platform it will be available on, but he says the scale of the game is, quote, ridiculous. The movie is being set up at Netflix. Rebel Moon is set in a, quote, peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy that finds itself threatened by the armies of the tyrannical Regent Balsarius. They dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them take a stand against the tyrant. Snyder previously talked about the project, saying, quote, This is me growing up as an Africa... uh, Africa. As Africa? The entire, the entire continent. Wait for it, guys. Wait for it. As an Akira Kurosawa fan. Well, how do you get Africa <laughs> from Akira Kurosawa? Can we get wow. another host in here, please? This My one's God. fucking broken. All right, enough of the energy drinks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Red Bull, the blue edition. <laughs> 160 calories, 338 grams of sugar, and straight heroin. <laughs> Why do you drink this shit? I am such an Africa fan. <laughs> oh, my really Lord. Lo- really into Toto. Red oh, Bull is appreciated yeah. worldwide by top athletes, lie, busy professionals, college students, and travelers on long journeys. And hosts of podcasts. <laughs> Just very true. Yes. as long there, All those other people, they don't have to talk on, <laughs> on recording. Endorsed by Geek Shock. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, this is me growing up as an Akira Kurosawa fan. <laughs> A Star Wars fan is my love of sci-fi and giant adventure. My hope is that this also becomes a massive IP in a universe that can be built out, unquote. Uh, Rebel Moon will release on Netflix on December 22nd, 2023. All that stuff he's just said is basically, you got to read between the lines there. He's saying, screw you, Star Wars. You could have had this. Now I'm making my own with yeah. Blackjack and hookers. And I think you should. I There's plenty of room for this now. When I watch this film, and you know I'm going to, I'm going to try and see how it would have fit into the Star Wars universe. And, I'm gonna have a, and it's going to be oh, stuck yeah. in the back of, of my head the entire time. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad that it got released the way it did because we need a new IP. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to big space opera stuff. What's the newest, yeah. what's the latest space opera thing that we got re- that got released and tried to be big IP? I hope to God you're not going to say like Jupiter Ascending or something like that. No, although they did try. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's going to be... Uh, what was the other one uh, with Clara uh, Levi- The Leviathan Wakes, the uh, S.A. Corey series. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That one was but good. Valerian was Valerian the Delavine thing. They gave City it a try. Of a thousand bullshit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would... I'm watching the Kings and Generals, the Pacific War. 
talking about the Pacific conflict in World War II. And uh, shut up, Barry. And um, (laughs) um, I'm looking at that, and I'm just like, you know, uh, Star Wars. One of the one of the uh, inspirations was the World War II. Uh, combat flicks so it's just like just just do a just do a galactic space opera thing that's inspired by the the naval combat of world war ii and i think you'd you could have something incredible right there that's what i would like if i could sneak in and get a hold of the battlestar galactica you know ip I would, I would just like, I'd make it like the Cylon human, and and we're just, we're just revisiting World War Two, but with, uh, with vipers and battle stars and shit. I, I like that idea. That's why I liked uh, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, because of that, na- it was forced naval warfare right. in, the, in the in the Mutara Nebula. Right, and and it, I remember watching the commentary where like Zimmerman's like, "We're trying to tell Nick Meyer that no, the phasers don't work like that. You get hit with a ship's phaser with your shields down, you're destroyed." But he was right. It was exciting it this works. way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> screw it. It works. Yeah. So. That's why I like the new season of Picard. I mean, mm. spoilerific, but I'm not going to say it, but it's very much like that. Yeah. They do the whole naval combat thing. I'm, That's why I dig it. Yeah. I just just watch a whole bunch of watch watch a whole bunch of documentaries on Midway and and Battle of Leyte Gulf and shit like that and then just just go out there and make your space opera and I think you'll have a fucking you'll have a fucking IP. 80 years ago, Peter Keen and Victor Ullman, imprisoned in the Nazi Czechoslovakian ghetto of Terzin, wrote Der Kaiser von Atlantis, a one-act opera that imagined a world where Atlantis never sank. While the two didn't live to see their work performed, now it's being transformed into a genre-mixing graphic novel. Dark Horse Comics' Burger Books will release Death Strikes, The Emperor of Atlantis, adapted by the EFF's Dave Moss and artist Patrick Lay this fall. Like the opera that inspired it, Death Strikes will envision Keen and Ullman's dystopian world where the unsunken Atlantis has become a tyrannical fascist entity, declaring war on the world around it. As the bodies pile high, death itself goes on labor strike, leading to a forever war where people keep fighting but can't actually die leading to the spirit of life itself to go on a quest to put an end to this endless hellscape. It sounds like an MMO. <laughs> uh, Moss and Lay's graphic novel will also include historical essays and photographs looking at Keen and Ullman's lives at Thersienstadt and how Der Kaiser von Atlantis survived the final years, the war and beyond. Also included will be Keen's own wor- artwork and photography, giving personal insight into one of the men behind the original opera, quote, Written in a concentration camp, Peter Keene and Victor Ullman's opera is the truest form of artistic resistance, a middle finger to the Nazis and all authoritarians across history, Moss said in a provided press release. Quote, by adapting this fierce genre-blending satire, we hope to introduce this nearly lost masterpiece to new audiences and challenge the tyrants of today, unquote. Uh, Death Strikes, The Emperor of Atlantis will be released on November 7th, 2023 in bookstores and November 8th in comic shops. This is fascinating. Yeah, um, I dig that. 80-year-old piece of work. I hope the art's good. Written in a concentration camp. I can't imagine life in there. I, I visited Dachau 
It's it's, it's oh, such wow. it's it's such an a, a pressing feeling knowing what happened on that land, and that art like this sprang from that and still has legs and ears and something to say today is mm-hmm. I think just glorious. That's great. I I that's why I really hope the art accompanying it is good because no matter how good the writing is or where it comes from, if the art isn't good in a graphic novel, I have a hard time getting through it. It can be. Yeah, yeah. it can be difficult. So I hope it's good. Same. So I'm I'm watching for that one. Yeah. So this fall. Uh Will Smith Oh boy. Be slapping. What? What <laughs> now? Will Smith has joined Brilliance, a film based on the book by Marcus Saki. Uh, Ms. Marvel director Charmaine Obad Shinoy will helm the project. This is a passion project from Smith. And He's pro- very passionate. Uh, very, mu- very much so. And producer and writer Akiva Goldsman, who worked together on iRobot and I Am Legend and Hancock. In the story, quote, if 1% of the world's children were born with powerful gifts, how would society adapt to them? The brilliance, called the X-Men. The brilliance, <laughs> brilliance novel trilogy is set in a future where non-neurotypical people, demonized by society as twists or abnorms, are threatening the status quo of the normal population with their unique gifts. You mean mutants? They are officially labeled as brilliance and are carefully tracked by the government, unquote. I like the better when it's called X-Men. <laughs> If Smith stars, there's many books of it. If, Just saying. If Smith stars in the film, he will play Nick Cooper, quote, a federal agent who works for the Department of Analysis and Response. His job is to track down and terminate criminal abnorms who use their gifts for ill. Sentinel. The agent agent is himself an abnorm with a gift for predictive analysis that allows him to see what will happen before it happens and react preemptively. He is also the father of a brilliant daughter. Unquote. As he infiltrates a radical group of brilliance who plan to incite a civil war, quote, he uses his own gifts against his brilliant enemies like an assassin who perceives time faster than his opponents. When Cooper is ordered to hunt down John Smith, the country's most elusive and dangerous abnorm, everything Cooper believes in will be called into question as one of the abnorms he's hunting tells him, you can't stop the future, all you can do is pick a side, unquote. How do you feel about this uh, brilliance? Uh, I think the X-Men thing is uh, spot on. I feel like I also kind of saw it before when I saw Minority Report. There is uh, some of that. Little it's, Minority Report, mm-hmm. a lot of X-Men. X-Men mm-hmm. with a Minority Report uh, mm-hmm. ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, I won't see it in theaters. I'll reserve that for cable. Author M.T. Anderson's popular 2002 dystopian novel, Feed is getting a feature film. Fied. Uh, no, this says feed. I know I know the word Spell feed. it. Spell it. F-E-E-D. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He's speechless. We win. I we win forever. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Fige. Uh, 20th Century Studios has picked up the rights of the novel, hired Stanley Kalu to write and direct it. Kalu is a 25-year-old Nigerian filmmaker who recently graduated from USC. Uh, Zachary Green will produce. Feed was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Best Young Adult Books of All Time. And the story is set in a dystopian, of course they all are, a future dystopian America where internet connections feed directly into consumers' brains. Here's the official description from the book. Uh, For Titus and his friends, it started out like any ordinary trip to the moon. Uh, That's a good sentence to start Mm. with, I think. A chance to party during spring break and play with some stupid low grav at the Ricochet Lounge. (laughs) 
Well, it sounds like Barry talking. Uh, Stupid low grab. <laughs> but that was before the crazy hacker caused all their feeds to malfunction, sending them to the hospital to lie around with nothing inside their heads for days. Now it sounds like Barry. Definitely. And it was before Titus met Violet, a beautiful, brainy teenage girl who has decided to fight the feed and its <laughs> omnipresent ability to categorize human thoughts and desires. Following in the footsteps of George Orwell, Anthony Ooh. Burgess, and Kurt Vonnegut, uh, M.T. Anderson has created a not-so-brave new world and a smart, <laughs> savage satire that has captivated readers with a view of an imagined future that veers unnervingly close to the here and now. No, you dropped some names there. Let me pick those up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's... Mm, I don't... Mm. Is, is it this, is the young adult curse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it, is. it, it really yeah. is. It's... You don't say young adult and fucking Vonnegut in the same sentence. <laughs> it's whenever I've read a young adult book, and I, I'm currently listening to one now, uh, the Rotten Ruin series by Jonathan Mabry. Oh, is that a continuation of the Degrassi Junior High? Uh, in Zombieland, yes. By the way, not to derail you, oh, I don't come mean on, bring to, it, but bring I have it, to. Uh, I was flipping channels on my Samsung TV, which I don't have like regular cable, but I was just seeing, oh, look, there's like channels available. And one of the channels is all Degrassi all the time. Yeah. That's crazy. It's the way it should oh. be. It's called the Bristow channel. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Sorry, go ahead. It's, it's called Torgo's Tight, tight 20. Um. <laughs> there's a joke there. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> hey, Kevin Smith. I'm going to let direct, it go. Directed an episode of... Degrassi. Two episodes of Degrassi. I'm not a Kevin Smith fan. Jay and Silent Bob were in it. It's part of the Askew universe now. Oh, now I really hate it. <laughs> wow. Not a Smith wow. fan. Wow. Right here. Uh, but young adult novels. Yes. Uh, it's... Why is there always a romantic triangle? Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yeah. Are there also houses? Like, people belong to, like, one of four or five houses? <laughs> It's, ah, it's is that in there too? It's like the divergent novels. It's not only a romantic triangle, it's new love. It's always new love. First new love. New love. Well, oh, you're yeah. young adult, you know? Yeah. A lot of it's new. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I understand why, but it's really tiring. It's really, really tiring. Well, and, what and, do you want to see in well, your... In it, your it, well, here's the thing. I, I am somebody who really enjoys coming-of-age stuff. I like coming-of-age novels, coming-of-age movies. And uh, John Hughes, one of my favorite sets of movies ever. But it's Something, getting, it's special, get, something but, special but, about John Hughes films. It's, it's its own thing. I don't understand why. But whenever it's in a young adult novel where especially it's something dystopian, it always feels forced. Right. It never feels like a natural part of the story where it's going. Well, it, it seems yeah. like here's the part where we have to put in the love triangle. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I think those tropes are so set in stone. You got a lot of people writing them now who are just, you know, it's like what we called in the '70s all those barbarian sword and sorcery barbarian knockoffs. Mm. We call them clonins. Oh yeah, yeah because they were. I've they, never heard that. Before. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's just, it's just another version of Conan. You know. Oh look, I used Celtic names instead of Nordic or some bullshit. That's that's my twist. You know. Instead of Ravenclaw and Slytherin, it's whatever the Divergent houses are. Yeah. Or something. That dude. 
There was there oh, was the Hunger a, Games. The there same was thing? a divergent um, trailer or something that came on, and I was listening. Uh, it was on YouTube, right? And it was just playing. I don't know why it popped up, but it did. And I was just like, I'm listening to that, and I'm hearing all the stuff, and I'm just like, it. It literally was like 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 they took Harry Potter and and Hunger Games and smashed them together. Oh sure. And then poured it into a. Of, of you know a maybe, camera maybe that's not a hard, maybe that's not a young adult thing maybe that's just something people realized is a good thing to draw the audience in for instance pokemon go okay now normally you'd be like okay this is a lame game but you could join one of three houses and the Im- immediate effect of that was Oh, I'm with house whatever the red one is i immediately hate the the blues and mm-hmm. the yellows are just stupid and the joy of tribalism. Yes, tribalism. Yeah. Well, it's the whole right that I guess that would be a stereotype of, of teenagers finding your place. Yeah, are you finding a your goth? People? Are you a jock? Are right. you a goth? Even a thing nowadays? I don't know. Are you? A, well, I mean, I don't know. The don't villain know. in Dungeons and Dragons had some goth, sexy shit going on. Well, the bald one. She yeah. was dead, dude. She was the best goth. Kind of goth. Is, she was is, straight up dead. Oh so, boy. Anyway, get much better than <laughs> um, true goth. Oh jeez. Yeah. Okay, this is why Kirsten's not allowed <laughs> in a funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> when I die, cremation. I'm not letting you look at my dead body. Give me, oh, give yeah. me that, uh, Deb. Can I just have the urn for? No! Ten minutes. Gross! Ten minutes. Why is it sticky? Yeah, here, Deb, here's 20 bucks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> then I get the urn. Yeah! <laughs> ah! It's where I store my cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> and worse yet, after that, then Paul gets the urn. Oh. 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 Shudder. I don't even know what the hell these people do with it, but I know it's gross and I don't like it. And it makes me very uncomfortable. And that'll be right on the urn, too. I know it's gross and I don't like it. I use it as basing material for my minis. It's <laughs> so a little bit of me in every A little mini. bit of Barry in every mini. Yeah. Kofi. I, I like the fucking... Um, uh, the, the the Ferengi coins. Oh, the get... desiccated remains of yes. the Ferengi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a way to go. There you go. Yeah. We're going to have a bunch of Vlarg coins. There's All... your challenge coin. <laughs> Don't 50... slap it on the table too hard, though. No, slap it that, real hard. that cracks. Real 52 hard. desiccated remains. And you know what? I'll put, like, playing card numbers on each of them. So each yeah. one are unique, you know. Wow. Each one. <laughs> but there will be a secret joker. You'll have to find that. Collect them all. A secret Joker? You know when I go, I'm doing like a whole puzzle thing. Even I don't have 250 billion to give you, you'll like James Holiday. You'll make it, but it'll I'm be not like 250 dollars. <laughs> oh, you'll forget about it because you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but Barry did that puzzle thing. Was uh, that five years ago? Yeah, yeah, he did. Ruben Fleischer, the director behind Venom, Zombieland, and Uncharted, is set to helm a feature film adaptation of Garth Ennis's graphic novel Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, for the big screen. The eight-issue comic is a time-travel epic that follows a thief as she loots her way through history. Here is the full description of the graphic novel. All Marge wants to do is race up and down the time lanes, stealing every shiny, gleamy, pretty, sparkling thing that she can lay her hands on. But her larcenous trail draws the beady eye of Temporal PD, whose number one deputy marshal is now hard on her tail and taking things extremely personally. 
The project's set up at AWA Studios. Script is being written by Kayla McMullen, who did Georgia Merching is Dead, which I don't know that movie. I liked this better when it was called Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> I liked it better when it was Time Bandits. Or Time My Tracks. God. <laughs> boy, oh boy. You got to be careful with time travel movies, man, because they've done a lot of them already. So <laughs> you, need a, you need a twist of some kind. You need a hook. Why doesn't somebody go into the future and fuck things up? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> that doesn't make question. sense. I think I think it's a logical extrapolation of uh, you know the genre. What the, if you go to what would you fuck up in the future, Kay? Uh, the Republican Party. Okay, okay. Well, that's a happy ending. You could do that now. Yeah, do it now. What do you mean? Please do, do it, it now. now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you. <laughs> there you go. That'd what? be great. I'll go, guys. I'm going into the future to fuck shit shit up. And well, I hope Bar- you're going two minutes into the future. Yeah, Barry's like, I'll go with you. That's Todd's good. like, well, what are you going to do? He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, we're going to get lunch first, and then yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. Well, it depends where we're getting lunch. Oh, jeez. Exactly. Know. It's a place that hasn't been built yet. It's not a vegan place, is it? No, fuck no. Okay, no, good. we're going to get then, Italian then, subs. I, I might get some lunch, and then no. we'll discuss the future thing. Because I need to know what's happening before we go. Dude, this is far enough in the future. Yeah. The restaurant is called I Can't Believe It's Not Vegan. They serve real meat, and you eat the meat, and you're like, I can't believe this is not vegan. I can have that now. I don't need the future for that. Well, give me a good reason <laughs> for taking me to the future. Otherwise, I'm not going. Uh, you get to see your grandkids. You get to Definitely see the new. Not go. <laughs> you get to see the new Marvel movies. There you go. New Marvel, new Star Wars movies. You'll be able to see the last movie of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. All right, and the sequel to Zack and Miri make a porno. <laughs> oh, Zack Snyder and <laughs> Zack Snyder makes a porno. And Miri, Miri, I don't who? want to see that. Miri, who, who, Miri, who's the Miri? Come on, come on. Miri, Miri, Elizabeth, Master Antonio. Oh, okay. Wait, okay, you had me for a second there, but you went Master Antonio instead of Winstead. Okay, Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I just realized that's a thing. Zack Snyder and Mary Elizabeth Winstead make a porno? No. I'm still, I'm still not going. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to this. Well, you See, just said Barry, her name. I'm Barry, not going to this. Now Barry's out. He's going. I'm going to stay in the present and eat potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> what, wow. Why well, would you go to the future? Write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. <laughs> God, Barry's our low rent apocalypse Paul. He doesn't need cheeseburgers. He just needs potato chips. <laughs> I, well, I didn't know there was an apocalypse involved. Yeah, you just said the, the future. future. Why oh, is there always going to be an apocalypse? Because it's the future. No, you know it's all going to shit. Let's face it. No matter how much we say it's going to shit, the future isn't going to be an apocalypse. It's going to be just a this mild dystopia it's gonna be boring and dull it's gonna suck but it's wow. not gonna be like zombies and aliens we're not gonna nothing be out cool there. nothing cool it's gonna be like now but with more entertainment options but they're all gonna suck because it's all gonna be like that because it'll be z-list shit on Hulu. Y- young kids <laughs> joining houses and fighting it out. it's gonna be the love triangle for like three demon houses i want to be in something. a love triangle so long as it's two chicks that you know the love triangle I want to be in is with our foot-long Chili Dog members, Mike M., Mom and Ninja Scoop. I bet it is. Hockey Johnson, David Highbrier, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Midi Scoop 2 is 1, and Leon Mitch. That's like a dodecahedron. 
It all works itself out. <laughs> and of course, we got to include our sexy tier four members, King Vold, Deb Teague, David Ferrara, uh, and J.R. Conkle. I've seen and a picture s- of King Vold. I don't know. And the sexiest of all. Yeah, but he's fertile. Tier five, Jeff Harris, Aussie, <laughs> Matt, Mad Martron, Glum. Jeff Harris is fertile too. He's got two. Atomic Gumby. And of course, I want to shout out our uh, board game uh, players that uh, joined us this last Saturday. Yay. Yay. A fantastic time. And Thank Aussie, you. Matt, you got to be checking that channel. Aussie, yes, Matt, yeah. Yeah, there you are, mate. Go ahead and come on in and join us. Okay, you're, you're, right, you're, you're trying to drive right, him away. Right, bonkers, zinger, uh, game playing. What the fuck <laughs> did you even just say? And a special thank you to our theme song creator. <laughs> what was that? Sam Heffernan. That song's called The Burning Light. Find it on uh, SWH Music, on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. That's right. And of course, <sighs> you, dear listener, we wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't. We try as we might. What would we be doing? Right, we'd be playing Gloomhaven. Oh yeah, I guess we would be. Oh, damn, damn it, it listener! Why, why are we? Why are you here, listener? Why are we, we doing this? Gloomhaven? We're gonna be playing Gloomhaven. I haven't played that game in like six months. <laughs> and we need a we need an AOE character. Give him Steve's character. Okay, yeah. Which one did he play? He he played the the sorcerer. Yeah, the starting. Sorcerer. That's the one I played in the. the six okay, good. Ago. I'm good I'll, with that I'll character. Say, okay, so Bear, Bear's gonna step in for Steve's character. Okay, I like good. that character. All right. Steve, you snooze, you lose. Yeah, and then God when he reti- and then when he retires that character, then you have to play this other character, and then you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we were doing real well until we retired our characters. We we, we were. <laughs> <laughs> we were a team. We were we were an engine of destruction. Although I do like my character right now. I you, because you have this weird thing about failure. It's <laughs> it's. Failure is a part of life and it's part of the stale- stale- storm. <laughs> uh, There's some failure <laughs> right there. Look at all the failure. Failure is a part of the storytelling process. That's what makes the the victories that much sweeter. Oh, God, I hate that philosophy. Just, Why? I want a victory. <laughs> I don't want to go through all the failure to get there. I want to win. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Crying out loud. Uh, before we send this show off, uh, we do have some some sad news. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys have heard me say uh, over and over again. I've made uh, comments about stories about my buddy Vernon. Vernon's actually been on the show once or twice uh, until he spilled uh, a few too many beers. <laughs> but uh, Vernon, I would always joke about how he hated everything. You know, he just couldn't stand the new Star Wars, new Star Trek stuff bucked him. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, little bit of darkness going on. And that darkness overtook Vernon this weekend. And Vernon took his own life. Uh, This was uh, one of my older friends here in Vegas. He and I became very close friends at Star Trek The Experience and then even better friends afterward. And I remember working with Vernon at Star Trek. He actually had a ball there. He enjoyed himself immensely and was so immersed in the environment of Star Trek, the experience and the people. After we closed, he became the archivist and he actually would archive people's pictures. And if you worked at Star Trek, the experience, you could send in a picture of you working there and he'd make sure to get you in there. He had a Facebook page he was the administrator of where he chronicled the history of the experience. And I'm glad he did because there's a lot of times that I I, I forgot about yes. that he had pictures of somehow yes. even yeah, before he worked there. It was, it was the drugs, Barry. We don't. Dude, it, 
It, <laughs> it totally was, it but was still. It was totally crazy because as word began to get around, total strangers would like get a hold of him on Facebook and be like, Vernon, I got pictures from this, 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 and this. And, and it would be yet another party from when we opened or in the first year or two. And mm-hmm. there were people who were actually reestablishing contact with other people through the experience page and stuff like that. But that darkness was there. He had some demons that he was wrestling with. And I just feel sad that it overtook my friend finally, but it did. And he was really a close friend for me. He was a brother from another mother. Uh, I'll never forget that day when we're both bored, sitting in that fucking dark corridor, waiting for the red alert klaxon to go off as it signaled a new show. And we're just sitting there in our latex board costumes, sweating and stinking of cat pee and... Well, nothing must have changed for you, has it? Yeah, and and just hearing from this guy beside me, this is the greatest job ever. (laughs) And uh, I'll never forget those days. And I'm sad that he's gone. I'm sad that that darkness overtook him. But I'm very grateful for the memories that I have and for all the memories that he preserved. Yeah. Because he did preserve a lot. And I think that'll be one uh, precious contribution that he's made to the future for a lot of people. So I'm so sorry, buddy, that you you succumb to whatever you succumb to. But I'm also grateful for having known you and uh, having you had having had you as a friend for so long. And even Kit, uh, Vernon took care of uh, Taz for me when I would go on trips and stuff. And uh, Kit was always excited when Vernon would visit. So he was a good friend and uh, a crucial point of found family here in Vegas. And I will miss you, buddy. So we raise our glasses of Irish whiskey to Vernon. To Vernon. To Vernon. Slancha, my friend. Yep. Seven of. And. 16. In honor of Vernon, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. And Blarg. And we'll talk to you all next week. This is an honor of Vernon.